Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are proud of American hero Brian Boyle. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. So, uh, it's Sunday, Sunday morning. As always. 10.45-ish, 10.50, something like that. All-Star game today. Mm-hmm. We'll probably still be talking when it starts. Oh, will we? When do- it's and, in the afternoon? Yeah, it's at like 1 o'clock. Oh, that's how interested I am. <laughs> yes, because our true hero is not at the All-Star game. Because he is hurt or something, I don't know. Or something. Some conspiracy theories out there about what it actually is. Yeah, no, I, I remember the game, the last game before, he, the last game that he played, he took a slash on the hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he sat for a few minutes anyway. Someone on Twitter was like, oh, he's in rehab again. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. No, I'm pretty sure he took a slash on the hand. I know. I hate people sometimes. I, people are just the absolute worst. Um, but that's a, not a bad place to start. Oh, okay. Actually, for like what I was thinking about anyway. We don't have a plan again. We didn't make a document. We were just sitting here like bitching about work for a for while. For an hour. <laughs> uh, we have coffee. It's all good. Um, no, so yesterday... Uh, there was some rumblings that um, Slava Voinov, who's playing in Russia right now, wants to maybe make a return to the NHL. And some of you may remember that he uh, was arrested and pled no contest to, I think, I believe it was a felony assault charge on his girlfriend, girlfriend. wife, whatever, doesn't matter. Somebody. Could have been a stranger, let's be real, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Um... And uh, somebody over at Oilers Nation wrote an article about how the Oilers maybe could maybe could consider taking a flyer on Voinov, and I was like, "Oh hell no, let's not do that." Um, and the the opening line of the article was like, "No, this might cause some controversy," but and I was like, well, "If that's how you got to start your piece, you probably shouldn't have published it that's, in the first place." That's not a good idea. Um, so I've... props to them for pulling the article and oh, apologizing for it. They did, yeah, yeah. So props on the nation. On the nation, yeah. Oh. Props to them for that. Um, they realized that they missed the mark ultimately and that offended people and they apologized and I wish they would have phrased their apologies slightly different because mm. I believe it was like, if you were offended, we're sorry. Like if we offended you, we're sorry. No. Um, you say, I apologize for how my piece yeah. was phrased. Yeah. I realize it caused offense. Yeah. It's on you. It's yeah. not on the people. It's yeah. not the people's fault for being offended. Yes. Uh, and of course there's like people just, ugh, anyway, just the worst. But like, I feel, I feel, this is my personal opinion, that a person like Slava Voinov does not need another opportunity to play in the NHL. He had his chance mm-hmm. and now he's not there mm-hmm. and that's probably for the better. And I wrote a quick little piece on the rig about it, just a tiny little one. It was like 200 words, and it took me about four minutes. Um, so it was rage typing? Uh, no, actually, I was <laughs> oh, just... Really? It, no, I, and it took me more time to like find a good image of Voinov to use that wasn't his mugshot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then it took me to write the piece. It wasn't rage typing, but I was just like, he shouldn't be an oiler. Uh, we don't need someone with like a felony assault conviction, ultimately, on... Like, you just don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, the oilers are a tire fire on the ice. They don't need to be one off the ice, too. Mm-hmm. Um, As they have been in the past with many problems. Yes, uh, lots of problems. Um, and then someone's like, "Oh, as if you've never done anything, you've you know you've regretted." And I'm like, "Oh, I regret things I do all the time, but none of them involved a felony, so I think I'm okay." Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, I've did never, I regret... like, physically harmed someone? <laughs> like, so... did, did I regret that 3 a.m. stop at Taco Bell? Of course, who doesn't? But, like, <laughs> I didn't kill anybody. Yeah. So, like, I'm good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I would just, your, your point there about, like, you know, all oh, buddies and maybe even rehab again. And the sort of, like, the aspersions on character. It's really interesting to me that, like, a person like Voinov is the kind of player that Euler fans, not all Euler fans, hashtag not all Euler fans, but that some other fans would, like, love to have on the team mm -hmm. and would be 100% willing to overlook any kind of past transgressions mm -hmm. to make it so. Yeah. And that sort of sucks. Well, it's absolutely inconsistent when you've got people criticizing Everly for his practice habits. Mm -hmm. That's who he is, is perceived yeah. as a person, right? Yeah. And yet... And Jordan Everly is, like, nothing but, like, a nice person, ultimately. Yeah. And to be like, oh, well, what someone does off the ice shouldn't matter. Everyone deserves second chances. It's like you guys run people out of town on the reg mm -hmm. for perceived things that they do off the ice. Yeah. So, Yeah, and when, and off the ice in a lot of cases means like in practice. Yes. Or in the locker room. That's technically off the ice. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's so, um, so hypocritical. And so this is going to address a question that we got and someone was like someone asked us a question uh it was from steve and he wants to know like um you know what would have to happen for a team to give one out a chance and i was like i don't know a time machine <laughs> so he doesn't go back and beat his girlfriend maybe yeah ideally how about that because uh -huh. like really and then you know the argument that he makes is that like the predators signed mike ribeiro and like yeah, they shouldn't have after the like the assault accusations or whatever um and then of course there's craig mctavish Yes. Um, who, who did time. And that was, that's, I think, the difference. To me, that's, that's the difference. The difference yeah. Is, like, and I'm not saying that it would make it okay to sign somebody like Slavoinov, but if he had, like, been to jail and, and like, served time for the assault, yeah, that's different to me. Because there's at least, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't erase what he did. I mean, Craig McTavish still killed somebody. Yeah. In a car accident. But reparations. But in reparations a way have, have been, been. There's been restitution yeah. made for that, yeah. and I think that restitution's that, a better word. I think that that matters. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in the court of public opinion that matters as well. Um, but I just like why is 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 Slava Voinov the only person who can help the Oilers? Like that's my question, right? And the answer is no. But like, why would why would anybody want him on this team? It's a weird thing that's been happening where anyone who's perceived to be a free agent is like, oh, well, we'll get that guy. It's like, I don't know if you've noticed, <laughs> but people aren't really interested in coming to Edmonton. No, nothing's changed. To quote a guy that I work with, nothing has changed. <laughs> Whenever we talk about the others, that's how he always starts it off. Well, nothing has changed. Yeah. I like that. It's true. When people ask me how I am, I'm going to say, well, nothing has changed. <laughs> Thanks for checking in. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought, and it was interesting reading, I was actually surprised, because the Nation uh, comment section is not known to be a bastion of, like, free thought. Um, <laughs> no. Through no fault of theirs, right? Like, no. it's, uh, this, this isn't on the Nation, this is on the readers. Um, and I stopped commenting a long time ago, because I was just tired. I was just tired of it. I was tired of people, like, knowing that it was me, and then finding me on Twitter and telling me I was, like, a dumb cunt. And I was yeah. like, you know what, fuck you guys, I don't have time for this. Um... But I was actually surprised in the comments that I saw when they first 
put that article up before they pulled it down that a lot of people were like yeah no we don't need we don't need his character issues on yeah. our team and i was like who are these enlightened Oilers fans time's up where can i find them yeah um which i thought was kind of nice that that was there was more of that than there was yeah we should sign him yeah which i thought was really interesting it was unexpected <gasps> are Oilers fans becoming woke uh no i think it was saturday <laughs> and a non-game day so there's fewer people reading it <laughs> I think it's probably fair. what happened. Fair, fair, fair. Um, and then I posted our little thing on the rig, and there was um, a comment right away about, oh, well, you've never done anything bad. And I was like, well, not really, no. Not like that. But, like, why is that the argument that they're making? Because people are dumb. Like, why is that they're attacking you? Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then someone else... This is my favorite comment that I got. I hope... I don't know if it's going to show up here. Oh, no. Was it from Vern? No, it was not from Vern. That oh. Vern was the one who was who just made me chuckle. Yeah. And I was just... Thanks for coming out, Vern. No, I got a comment... It just makes me think of... Um, what's his name? Ugh. Ernest. You know Vern? Um, oh, no. Vern came back at me, so that's fun. Um, no, <laughs> the... I haven't checked in a while. Uh, this one that I got says, You bleeding hearts keep crying to the meadow propaganda and politics. I don't know what, what that means. What? Sports is about winning and losing, and the Oilers are losing with the roster they have now. If the kid can make a difference, sign him. That was one sentence. Um, go cry over some poor secretary Secretary that gave a blowjob, but 20 years later regrets it. And I was like... I'm... S- wait, what? Um... Oh, I'm boggled by all of that together. Yeah. I also um, made some, got a comment from someone whose name is Diamond Dick, so we're just going to roll it down for a while. Heaven forbid that you should ever make a mistake. Who the hell are you to judge? Sometimes good people make bad decisions. Does that mean they should fall prey to the judgment of self-righteous and very likely ill-informed arrogance? The validity of your indictment is reflected in the thoughtfulness of your argument. Learn how to write and don't be such an asshole. That's fun. Happy fucking Sunday. They really use some big words. Yeah, because I didn't want somebody who, I don't know, beat his girlfriend to play on my team. Yeah. That makes Why me an asshole. Why are they so in favor of him? I don't get it. I don't know. Like, Probably. it's a thought experiment. Probably because I'm a lady and said a thing. But even yeah. the prospect of him coming back into the NHL mm-hmm. is a thought experiment. Yeah, he's not in the NHL. And no one in the Oilers is saying... No we're interested in him. No. This is what I don't get, this ownership that Oilers have over mm-hmm. all free agents that they perceive to be. Because because for so long we didn't, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway. God, people are awful. Yeah, wow. I'm uh this is these are literally the most comments I've ever gotten on anything I've ever written, which is really funny. Even more than that. Oh, no, that's not true. The one that, that piece I wrote about dry saddle getting offer sheeted made people really angry. Guys, it's just sports. He didn't pay for his mistake. That's the whole point. Wow. Wow. Anyway. No, but they perceive that his <laughs> capitalist right to yes. earn all the money he can doing his dream career was taken away from him. And so because of that, yeah. he has been punished. Yeah, I guess so. So anyway, there we go. I'm, uh... Look at all the women. Yeah. That's great. Since we're talking. I know, I'm just very excited that um, it's all women. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, so anyway, there we go. The Oilers should probably not um, 
should probably not sign Slava Winov. Anyway. Because, yeah, I'm, if I remember correctly, he pled no contest. He pled, oh, sorry, he pled not guilty, rather. And then he pled no contest to a misdemeanor charge and was sentenced to 90 days in jail. And he received three years of probation and was ordered um, to attend counseling. But didn't he, like, skip out of the country? Um, yeah, and he's back in Russia now. So he didn't serve three years probation? No. He didn't serve 90 days in jail or whatever it was. He left. He left. Yeah, he was, yeah, he, he didn't attend counseling. So upon his release from detention, he was taken into custody by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, um, where they held him to await trial in front of an immigration judge. But he's back in Russia now, so... Anyway. He probably shouldn't. We just don't need him. No, we don't. That's really all it is, is we don't need him. Um, and I'm glad that me saying that we shouldn't have a domestic abuser on our team makes me an asshole. That's good. I like that. Like, that's what I don't understand. What is the difference between sports and your life? Would you want a domestic abuser on your staff? Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. It's exactly the same issue, but it's not the same issue because athletes Would you want a domestic abuser as your friend? No. Like, what is the difference? What is this, like, win all? They need to win. They need to win. They need to... Who do they need to win for? They need to win for you? Like... They don't care about you. They don't care about you at all. Have you seen Connor interacting with fans? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. Anyway, so... Well, it's good to know I piss people off. I should probably check my email now for the Oilers Rig, because somebody probably sent something to, like, our contact page. That's like, you should fire Megan, and then I'll write, but the right can be like, we'll take that under advisement. Thanks, Megan. Because <laughs> I've done that before. Because, you- like, it's just insane. Um, I wish just one time you'd say, you know what, I will fire myself, because... Because I don't need to put up with your bullshit. Then I don't interact with you, low life scum. Yeah, exactly. Hearts, hugs, and kisses, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Best wishes. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a teacher who shared a room with me. Uh, and he was a science teacher, and sometimes he'd have his class meet him in the lab. He would, the sign over the door, if they arrived late, would be like, please meet in lab, I don't know, 117, XOXO, teacher's name, which I always thought was, like, very whimsical and delightful. So I think you should start signing your hate mail like that. I could. That actually Just to be super fun. compassionate. Yeah, and just, like, you know. Kill really them. embrace free speech. Kill them with kindness, man. That's what you yeah. gotta do. Yep. Um, anyway, and it's funny too, cause like, there was a, somebody was at, cause there was a thing that happened the other day on the internet when Mike said that I was like the toughest blogger, I don't know if you saw that, and there was this dude from the Pro Hockey Writers Association in, uh, in Colorado and he was talking about how bloggers shouldn't be part of what they do because it's not real media and all this kind of stuff, but then he like, he was like, yeah, he's like, you, I'll meet you outside and I'll show you. Oh, that's what that was Yeah, about. and it was all, he was just gonna like beat this guy up and I was like. Why don't you beat him up with your words instead? Because oh, masculinity is so toxic. Um, and then and then Mike, a good friend of the podcast, Mike was like, you know, someone had asked who the toughest blogger is, and he said me, and I was like, oh no, that's not true. But then I was thinking about this other. <laughs> I cry on the reg. <laughs> oh my god, all the time when I'm mad, <laughs> when I'm happy. Um, I watched a video of like a behind the scenes thing from The Greatest Showman today and burst into fucking tears watching. Have you that. seen it? The movie, no. Oh, me neither. But I heard the soundtrack's amazing. It sounds like it'd be pretty good. Um, like, I cried everything. So I'm not tough, Mike. But thank you. I appreciate your, your vote of confidence. 
Um, but, but at the same time, um, I did, you know, get a little bit of, like, it was kind of nice to hear that people do pay attention to, like, the shit that I get sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe that's a little bit more than what other people are used to. I don't know. No. And I think we always need to keep in mind, like, our own teaching advice about, you know, you're going to have shitty interactions yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. But 99% of your day is, like, positive interactions. Oh, yeah. But sure. you don't remember or no. those don't resonate with you. Never. Never. No, you only remember the bad ones. Yeah. Which sucks. I feel like we need some of the greatest, like, Twitter personalities to write, like, a self-help book on, like, how you react and avoid like the feeling negative because there's I've, so many great people like army hammer's really good at it chris evans sometimes is good at it chrissy teigen's so good at <laughs> she's it she's amazing i know i for myself i just make like marge simpson noises to like get the frustration mm. out yes and then just sort of carry on because at the end of the day 90 percent of the people that um come at me about stuff aren't as smart as i am <laughs> And, like, I know that sounds really... But they're not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to, like, not talk to them because they're dumber than me, but I'm going to not talk to them because they're dumber than me. And I'm okay with that. Are you saying that they perhaps fundamentally don't understand your point of view? Generally speaking, yes. Okay. Um, and probably it's because I use sentences longer than four words and words that have more than two syllables. Do you... Have you ever experimented with writing... A rig article under a male pseudonym. No, but that's a thing that I'm. We're gonna do probably still. It mm, was like something we we're gonna do earlier in the season. Then the Oilers went off the rails, so we just stopped because like the what it we were gonna do yeah. wasn't gonna work anymore. But there's a good chance that we'll do that now, just to see because it would be interesting. Yeah. To see and then have a man write as me. Yes. For the same to the same effect and sort of see. Um, what happened? Yeah, because what we had talked about doing was like to talk about two players that the others should trade and why. But now that their season is over, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, do something different. But it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, have him write the first one and then me have like the response. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like a series, and so that um, there's like that disc- that discourse or whatever. I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. Because I was listening to Puck Soup yesterday. And I'm always amazed at the stuff that they know about hockey. Like, they're, like, sort of encyclopedic knowledge. Yeah. Because it, it's impressive. Like, it really, really is. And they're, I mean, obviously, they're not the only guys like that, but um, I don't have that kind of, like, widespread encyclopedic knowledge of hockey, but, like, because I didn't pay attention to a lot outside of the Oilers for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't cover hockey professionally, and I don't... You, you have know. another job that you do. Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, and I write about the Oilers for fun, ultimately. Yeah. And for free. Like, I'm not doing and this. And fun is in air quotes right now? Oh, fun is in, like, not even air quotes, <laughs> like, hard quotes. Because <laughs> it's not fun. Like, it sucks. Because, um, like, I literally, it wasn't even 200 words. I literally was just like, the Oilers don't need to sign Slava Voinov. We just don't need him. Mm-hmm. Because of this reason. And then I was at the bottom, I was like, I can't even believe this is the thing that has to be said. Mm-hmm. And apparently because he fucked up and went to jail for 90 days, that's good enough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Every once in a while I'll be like, look at it. What, how people react to things online or whatever. I'm just like, why are you all so mad? 
why are you so mad online it's mm-hmm. not worth it that's the thing about twitter is like your words do not have an impact whatsoever no not at all like they don't change social systems on twitter like that doesn't happen it's very frustrating it is very frustrating i don't really like it um but yeah so anyway so apparently i'm an asshole now that's good to know i wasn't sure about that i don't call myself an asshole pretty much on the daily so it's all good you should just change your twitter handle to that I'm an asshole. Yeah. I should. Asshole four by four ever. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also true. Um, but I kind of like the salty bit because it's also accurate. Um, a salty asshole. <laughs> I, I was going to say that, but I was like, no, I'm not going to say it. So thank you for doing that for me. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, well, that only took us 20 minutes to get there, so. Oh, it felt like an hour. But like... <laughs> We went from, you know, talking about character problems and felony assault to salty assholes in 20 minutes. It's the quality content here uh, on garbagefire.com. Yeah. Quality content that no one is paying for. No. So, it's all good. great. Um, so, the skills were last night. The skills were last night. Did mm-hmm. you watch them? Barely, I'd say. Okay. It would be a good qualifier on that. I watched the condensed version of it afterwards because I was busy doing other things yeah but after every event I was like oh my god there's one more yeah why because they draw it out it's dumb it's so boring and like the skills that they have people do are not like in-game skills no none at all if anything like the accuracy shooting one is the most in-game the most in-game and like obviously the save streak one with the goalies but everything else is so arbitrary and artificial that it just super bothers me. And I was saying, we were talking about before we started recording, that even, like, the fastest skater is such bullshit. Because it's so, so rare that they're starting from a stop. Like, hockey is a dyna- dynamic sport. They're not just mm-hmm. motionless. Yeah. And my suggestion was to bring back the goalie race, because that was amazing. Was it Tim Thomas? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, like, Cam so. Ward or some shit? Uh, Tim Thomas, I think, was for sure one of the people that you're thinking of, yeah. But they should have, like, D-men do it and have them do it backwards. Yeah. That would be exciting. Yeah. And have, like, obstacles. Yeah. Like, mascots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could also have obstacles for, like, the forwards as well. Mm-hmm. Like, mascots. Yeah. Or, like, Brad Marchand elbows. <laughs> to dodge. <laughs> Just him standing there. Yeah, it's just, it was very boring. And I was super bummed that on the condensed version, they edited out the women who demoed all the skills first. Yeah. That was disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, that is true. Because, like, in the accuracy contest that Brock Besser won, and then Brian Boyle, American Hero Brian Boyle, finished second. American Hero Brian Boyle! Um... Hillary Knight finished third. Mm-hmm. She's the third fastest. And this is what bothers me, because in the NBA um, All-Star Game, or the skills competition, sorry, the night before, they have um, this event in it where it's um, a WNBA player, mm-hmm. a current NBA player, and then someone from 
the past, and it's like an all star for yeah. like that team group. Okay. And it's so awesome to see all of those people playing together. Like, why not have professional women join as part of that? Like, especially for the Devils who, you know, have I think an arrangement you know with the Riveters. I think you know why. Like, why not have paired competitions? Because hockey is not for everyone. It's only for everyone when it's convenient to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's not for everyone, and it never has been for everyone. No. It's so, so frustrating. Why. Like, talk about a league that is in the past. Oh, they just... Well, and even some... Like, listening to, like, Jim Houston and those guys, like, going on about last night, like, in the this skills competition, how, you know, nobody was celebrating too hard or whatever, just like it should be. I'm like, it's a fucking talent show. Like, Nobody's celebrating too hard? Yeah, like, oh, they're just good hockey boys. Or And I was just like, Houston... That's why it was fucking boring. I was like, Houston, stop talking. And the analysis that they were doing during the skills, like, right. even the fastest game, oh, well, he caught an edge there, and look at those short little strides. Like, it was the fucking Olympics. Yeah. I was like, are you joking me? The NHL just, like, can't get out of its own way when it comes to that stuff. No. That's part of the problem with it. Like, it's a dumb league, and I hate it. And the only time the commentary got good is when PK was assisting with it. Oh, I was going to say it was when it stopped. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, because when PK does anything. And he was talking about how, great. like, gorgeous all the people on his oh, team no. were. Oh, it I was know. amazing. I know. Oh. You want to talk about PK for a while? Sure, let's do it. And his Daily Show appearance. It was lovely. Um, I like the Daily Show. I quite like Trevor Noah. I like, I like that he's... Uh, uh, not an American. Mm-hmm. And so there's still, and he's been in America for long enough now that he's like used to things, but there are still things that just fucking baffle him. And I love it because he'll say something and he's like, I don't, like, and he's like, I grew up in apartheid and I don't understand. I know, this. which <laughs> is like astonishing. Yeah. Um, and so it was interesting. It was cool to see like some behind the scenes stuff from, from that Wednesday night taping the daily show, but also just to have like PK Subban, a hockey player. A black hockey player. Yeah, on TV. On TV. And on the TV portion, because I watched the stuff that you could see online, and it was a different... It was different. It was a shorter cut, yeah. Um, uh, online, there was there was more stuff. But, like, on TV, they talked specifically about his philanthropy. hmm Which is amazing work. The stuff that he does is incredible. I know, and it was, like, how it was framed was that PK being a hockey player was actually the second most important thing about him. Which I think is true. Absolutely. But to be, A, an athlete on television doing that, on a pretty prestigious show, but also be a person of color, Mm -hmm. and have their philanthropy be the thing that's the most significant thing about them, is wonderful. Yeah. Well, and I thought thought it was funny when Terminal asked him, like, with his $10 million donation, Mm -hmm. he's like, did you add an extra zero by accident? Like, he's like, yeah. You can admit it if you did, you know? And he's like, no, that was what I wanted to do, and... I mean, I read some stuff about that um, on The Athletic, and they were talking, I think it was Arpan Basu who wrote this piece, and he was talking about PK. It was an interview. I sit down with him. And, and I mean, everything that PK does is calculated. Yes. Like, he doesn't do anything just because. And mm-hmm. so this move to donate the money to the hospital was very calculated. Um, and I still think it got him traded more than anything, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, I'm, I'm intrigued by what he's doing in Nashville mm-hmm. with kids and cops. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting... Um, Because I don't think that you would do the same thing in a Canadian city. 
No, not and, at all. And it was very interesting how carefully he framed his discussion of it. Is because obviously I think there was perhaps some pressure for him to align himself with the kneeling for the anthem type of uh-huh. crowd. And for him, it was a framing of, I need to do something positive. Yeah. Every action that I do needs to be positive. And yeah. so I've done this to change perspectives and change minds and and align people together who aren't aligned together all the time. And you talked about, for a lot of these kids, the only time they see police is in a very negative mm-hmm. situation. And that needs to change. So it's like, change on both sides. Yeah. Which I think, and I think just the fact that he looking, I mean, he's got a position, obviously. But yes. He's got, and he's, oh, for sure. But it's framed in that yes. different way. And he, but he's using that position that he has also to like, to, to frame something. Yes. In, in a way that I think will probably endure mm-hmm. in ways that others maybe wouldn't. And I thought it was funny because he was like, I get four tickets to each game and like, why not use them in this way? Like, what am mm-hmm. I going to do with those four tickets? Mm-hmm. So for him, it was like... Well, and if, he, and if he's going to use those four tickets, it's not like he can't buy four more. Exactly. Right? Like, it's not like P.K. Subban can't buy four more tickets to a game. Exactly. And he would. Yeah. Right? And so. that was his whole framing. Like, if this is my opportunity, then why am I not taking this opportunity to do this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it was just an interesting interview. And I mean, like, the stuff that was on, on online was longer. They talked more about his hockey and stuff online. But the stuff on TV was specifically about the philanthropy, and I just thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I really like PK, and I can't wait till he retires and is, like, on TV. Oh, he's going to be the best. Because he's, he's so charismatic, and he's very intelligent, mm-hmm. and he's very well-spoken, and he's not afraid to say... But he's not afraid to say things, either. Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be great if he replaced Don Cherry? But then he could do the Don Cherry. That would be like, like the like, ultimate dunk. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so good. Every, I, every once in a while, I go back and find that like clip of him and of him being Don Cherry. Yeah. And like the piano desk or whatever. Oh my god, it's so funny. It is so funny. Um, he's the greatest. He is. He's wonderful. And like, and then you see, so he's at the All Star game and he was the captain of the Central Division, which is good. I'm really glad the fans didn't vote fucking Patrick Kane as the captain again. Um. And he's there. And then you see, like, the commercials with Patrick Kane, like, selling toasters or whatever the fuck it is he's selling. And, like, Connor McDavid literally reading his lines off a piece of paper in the commercial. Mm-hmm. Like, try harder. If there was anyone in the NHL who could do a commercial it's without PK. having to read... Oh, he got it. It would be PK. Like, he's, he's like, give me the lines, let's do it. Yeah. He'd be so for it. Or he'd improvise it, or whatever. Like, whatever, but it would yeah. be great. And I just, like, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say, I was gonna say, I don't know why he's not doing those things, but I know why he's not doing mm-hmm. those things. And it sucks. It super sucks. Because he's, like, if you want to grow the game of hockey... You need personalities. You need personality, and you need personalities who aren't, like, white and middle class. Mm-hmm. And guess what PK isn't? I know. And I think it's really funny, because even when he was on Montreal... I don't think that was possible because Montreal as a team is not a team that's well-liked no. across the league. No. So that's like that's a bias against him just for being on that team. Well, and then plus there's all of the all of the issue in Montreal, the fact that PK was black. And didn't speak French. And didn't speak French. Yeah. Um, and that sort of sucks, too, that he wasn't given... A chance? A chance to... 
to do things. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's like... There's nothing he wants more than just to give everything to the team. And how... I mean, when my dad's a Habs fan and has been for a long time, and we talk about this often, I was like, I get that he probably would be a hard person to play with, I think, sometimes. Because he's too over the top. He's a little bit over the top. I was like, but how do you... How do you not... How do you, at an organizational level, not want someone like him on your team? Yeah. He's the face of your team. And And won't be so hesitatingly introverted Mm -hmm. like Connor is. Mm -hmm. And he's the face... But he's not just the face of your team. He's, like, he's visibly the face of your team because he looks different. Yeah. But he could also be, like, the face of the league if you wanted him to be, if you let him be, ultimately. And I don't understand why they won't. Like, really and truly, I don't know what they're afraid of. And you have to think, too, that a guy like PK and the the sport that he plays and the sort of culture that that sport embodies will never have this discussion about PK Subban that we just had about Slava Voinov. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Because the position that he has, as much as he's a very talented athlete and a very skilled hockey player, is still precarious. Yeah. And if he fucks up... Oh, he's done for sure. Right? Whereas, like... Which is why everything he does is incredibly calculated. Yeah. I mean, I don't know... I don't know anything about his private life. I know, like, little snippets from his Instagram, like, when he hangs out with his sisters and stuff. Yeah, and his nieces. And his nieces. And, like, his dad spoke at Teacher's Convention a couple years ago, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, And I listened to... I listened to that, and it was just... It was an interesting conversation, because, you know, at the time, like, they had three of their... Their three sons were all... Drafted. Had been drafted. Yeah. Two were playing in the NHL and one was, like, playing in junior. Like, was going to kind of make the jump and has now made the jump. That's cool. Uh-huh. And they were just talking about what that was like. He was talking about what that was like as a... Uh, for the family unit to sort of recognize that their kids had these skills. And he also did talk a lot about um, how education plays a role in that because like his dad's uh a, a, was a teacher and his principal and stuff and so has like, oh a, i didn't know that i just assumed he was an entrepreneur nope no his dad's a principal um which it made it a really interesting conversation because it was framed around sort of pedagogy and, and dealing with with kids in ways that sort of like allows them to reach their potential and teachable moments yeah. and sort of what that means but like all of that stuff none of that would matter if pk were to be that guy named in some kind of something. Yeah. If the, the accusations about Patrick Kane, let's say, were leveled against P.K. Subban, that would be the end of his career. Yeah, for sure. And that sucks. Oh, yeah. It sucks. The injustice of it is frightening. Yeah. And so, like, Because people would say, I always knew yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Which is... Not... Really? You always did knew? Did you? Really? Where's that coming from there, pal? Yeah. What, uh, what prejudice he got buried, not so thinly veiled under the surface. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know. So, like, this all-star business stuff, whatever. Oh, that's where we were? (laughs) Well, yeah, because we were talking about him, like, sort of, you know, he's he's the captain of the all-star team, and he's, like, in this, and that's why he was in New York for The Daily Show, and so I just thought it was interesting that, like, of all of the athletes that Trevor Noah could have had on a Wednesday night... Uh Uh-huh. Like, uh, there could have, I'm sure there was probably someone from the Rangers available, or, you know, and he picked... P.K. Subban. Yep. And it made it sound like they'd been trying to make this happen for some time, and it finally worked out that they could do it. And it seemed like they were very friendly with each other. Ah, uh, yeah. Other than the kisses. Other than the kisses. But, but that, that was, because I text, I don't know if I texted you that or sent that to you, or you sent yeah. it to me or whatever, and you mentioned, like, but it was nice to see that, like, non-toxic masculinity. Healthy masculinity. Like, it's very healthy. Ever. 
love PK for that because yeah. he's not afraid to show weakness and emotion and just have that be part of who he is. Yeah. He's the greatest. He really is. I wish he played here. No, you don't, Megan. We don't wish anyone plays here. <laughs> we wish for them to be free. Oh, I said that yesterday on Twitter about because um, I was in a conversation with someone who's not an Oilers fan and someone who is a Flames fan. And they're not the same person. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Venn diagram yeah. is not a circle. No, the Venn diagram in this one is not a circle. Um, I think the Venn diagram is like not Oilers fans for all three of us. But I was, it was funny though because gotcha. the comment was sort of like, I, you know, the from the it was Floob who was saying that he hopes that Peter Trelli is the Oilers GM like forever, forever. Um, and I was like, you know, I was like that Taylor Hall trade like kind of freed me from the team. Oh, absolutely. In the in a way that it freed Taylor Hall from the team. Yes. And like everybody wins that way. Uh huh. And I would, I mean, I've said it before, and I'm not lying when I say that like I kind of am enjoying watching this implosion. And watching fans, like, trip over themselves to... Because now it's a backtrack. Maybe we didn't win the trade. Man, David Staples the other day, it was like, for the first time I'm starting to reconsider trading Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. And I'm like, I'm glad (sighs) that you're aware that it was a bad trade. It took you 18 18 months months. to get there? It took me approximately four seconds. (laughs) Yeah, and I was just like, oh, David Staples. It's David Dables. But I will say this. If he just keeps talking about hockey, and he hasn't said much about education lately, so I haven't felt the need to, like, get really angry at him. Mm-hmm. So if he keeps that up, I'm okay with it. Just hockey? Just keep If rolling. he just keeps one of his negative narratives yeah. going, that'd be great. But his narrative... Well, I don't know. I've, I mean, his narratives about hockey aren't, like, fundamentally dangerous. They're just wrong. They're just flawed. They're, they're fundamentally flawed. They're misinformed, but they're not dangerous. Right? It's an opinion about hockey. Yeah. And he's just cherry-picking stats to make up his own numbers or whatever. I could do the same thing, right? I mean, mockingly do the same thing and mm-hmm. talk about, like, grit per 60 or whatever. But, like... <laughs> grit per 60. <laughs> what? But, like... But, but his hockey takes are bad, then they're, they're, they're wrong, but mm-hmm. they're not hurting anybody. <sighs> you know? Whereas his education takes are... They're, yeah. They're very wrong. well non-informed. Um... But yeah, so the All-Star game starts later in a little while after this women's hockey game um, at some point in time. Maybe it's at 2 o'clock. I don't actually know. And uh, unfortunately, Taylor Hall will not be a three-time champion. No. But I really hope that Brian Bowe scores a million goals today and is the MVP. Me too. Just like John Scott was the MVP two years ago. But this is like Brian Boyle is an actual hockey player <laughs> and not John Scott. Would I? I love Brian Boyle. He's great. Me too. What I also want to talk about is we're just sidestepping here for a second. Is this announcement from some reporter at the All Star game about how the Devils are going to play the Oilers in Sweden twice? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, why are they creating this rivalry? They're well between these teams that play each other twice a creating year. Creating a rivalry. So I saw on Twitter, and I'm not going to say who it was because he has a locked account. Unlock your fucking account. Oh, um, I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I so said everybody thinks you should unlock your account, um, which I think he's not going to until the Oilers are winning again. Is what I heard. Um, See you in 2025. Yeah. So he said that the Oilers not having to play Taylor Hall. At home next year. Yeah. Is it blessing? Is penance. Or is, like, the league sort of reward to the Oilers for giving them all these afternoon games this year. 
that was his. Give me a break. That was his. Well, no, the Oilers have a lot of afternoon games. Like, lots. And, like, more, I think, more than probably any other team. And that's fine, whatever. Um, I don't think the league thinks about the Oilers at all. I think they do. Why? Because they have Connor McDavid. Yeah, that doesn't matter when the team is dog shit. No, but I think also by putting the Oilers and Devils, if they're going to make the Oilers play overseas, I mean, why not have one of your biggest stars, right? Yes, but why not have him play the Leafs and Austin Matthews? Uh, because because you take away... Mm, the problem with that is you take away TV audiences here and revenue because then there's the, the Leafs lose a home game and whatever. Like, I get it. Like, no, I know. I understand. Anyway, <laughs> the whole point of it is I think they want to put the Oilers, if they're going to make them play overseas at the beginning of the season and not in, like, November. Because what happens if next year is just like this year and they fucking tank? At the very least, they could probably split a series with the Devils. But why the Devils? Because of Taylor Hall. Why are they creating this narrative? The narrative... The NHL is not creating the narrative. I know. The narrative why was do created. they insist on this? He has moved on. I know. It's like going to your fucking family event and now your brother's dating your ex-girlfriend like what is up with that um well for all of the people i mean i don't know for sure about from the league perspective but for all of the people in edmonton and around the oilers fan base who are like oh get over it get over it they're sure real interested in how well taylor hall's doing this year Mm -hmm. which is better than a lot of people are doing so fuck you guys um no i don't know i but why not have the oilers play vegas in Sweden. Yeah. That would be very cool. Uh-huh. Especially if Vegas goes ahead and wins the championship. Oh, man, great. if... That was the other thing that someone said yesterday about the others. They were like, uh, if, um... No one will remember who won the 2018 Stanley Cup, but they'll remember that the others became, like, the laughing stock of the league <clears throat> for whatever. And I was like, unless Vegas wins. Unless if Vegas, Vegas wins, wins the Stanley Cup, people will remember. That's a narrative that goes right to the top. That'd be amazing. Can you imagine? Oh, it'd be very cool. It'd be so cool. Yeah. Well, didn't, um... Uh, didn't Florida? They made it to the Stanley Cup final. They made it to the final versus the Avs. Yeah, the and the Avs ended up won- winning. Yeah. My father-in-law was at the final game. Really? He won like those Mastercard contests. Yeah. And people took, win like, those. Eight, I know, and took like eight friends down down to Florida. That's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because that was nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And so the Avalanche. That was their first year, I think, in Colorado mm-hmm. right after they left Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was Florida's first year in the league. So it happens. This is the other thing. Other segue here. Um, we don't who, have a plan. No. There's no segues. There's, There's no, no plan. Who was it that tweeted? Like, or, oh, I think it was Jeff Follett. A reminder for the expansion draft. This is how it will work. I think it was somebody else quote tweeted it for the Oilers. That means they have to protect Sekra and he who shall not be named. Mm-hmm. And then Clefbaum, Larson, and Nurse are unprotected. Yep. Those are your unprotected guys? Yep. You know why? Are you kidding me? Because somebody done fucked up by signing someone to a <sighs> four by four deal. Like imagine losing Clefbaum and Larson. No well you can only lose one. That's the thing. You can only lose one player in the expansion draft. That's the other deal. Oh, so it's only one. Yeah. Which is why it was really funny when they announced that Vegas was the expansion and people were like, 
a year and a half before. We're like, oh god, who are the Oilers going to protect? And then they traded away all the people they could have protected anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can only. But still, the fact that you have to leave those three unprotected because you got fucking four by four and uh, those three and the hunchback those that three. you have to protect. Like those are the future of the team. Like especially as mm. much as it makes me angry about mm. how Taylor Hall was traded for Adam Larson, I actually think he's a good addition to the team. Yeah, you a, want to keep him. He's a fine. He's a fine second pairing guy. Yeah, he does his job. He does his job. I mean, he's not great. He's no not the one best on defenseman the team they is. have. <laughs> Fair point. But he's better than four by four. Um, literally anyone's better. Except for maybe Eric Rabo, which is why he got waived. <laughs> oh, poor Eric Sorry, Amanda. Rabo. Um, but, like, no, I... Pff, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with that? I've just, like, at this point, I kind of just hope the Oilers just lose every game from now until the end of the season. And then also lose the draft lottery. Just, like, add insult to all of the injury. I think that'd be really funny. Um, but I also read about that, that series that they're going to play. They're playing a preseason game in Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is also my confusion. Because it came out that they were playing two games in Sweden. Yeah. And then also a game in Germany. The preseason game is in Germany. I was and like, well, which is it? They're playing a preseason <laughs> game in it? Germany. Yeah, and two games. And the two games in Sweden are right at the beginning of the season. And the Devils are playing their last preseason game in Switzerland. For Nico. For yes, Nico. And so, and so they're playing, the Oilers are playing their preseason game in whatever city he drives from. Cologne. Yeah. No, not Cologne. Yeah, that's Cologne. yeah I think yeah. that's Yeah, so they're playing their preseason game there, which is kind of cool. That is very cool. I think that's super cool. And then they're going to Sweden. Both teams are going to Sweden for a two-game series, which may or may not happen, like, around Thanksgiving. I so know, Megan. We should do it. We should have. I may be just free all next year. <laughs> we should do it. I will we not be free all it. next year, but I will have days off that I can work <laughs> with. So, and my friend Jill mentioned the same thing. She's like, it's around Thanksgiving. She's like, we should totally go. Because I was thinking about it, we could fly like Iceland Air mm. to Reykjavik and then on to Scotland, Stockholm. Yeah. And then might just meet my dad in Norway. Well, there you go. Come on over, Papa. Um, I would do it. A hundred percent. I think Amanda's going. I know her and her sister are planning a, their the trip. actual trip. Yeah. What we need is like actual dates yeah. for these things. It you can't happen. just smoke bomb that. Yeah. In NHL January. And then not give us details so we can plan like humans do. Yeah, get yeah. seat sales. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Maybe those dates will be announced sooner rather than later. But I also want to go to Germany to see my soccer team play, so can we, like, do a whole thing? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to have to come back to work, so I can't. I'm going to have to, like, do the Sweden thing and then roll home real quick. Oh. Um, sorry. <laughs> would it be worth it, though? Yes. It would, yes. Um, it's kind of too bad that it's not somehow, like, in the middle, in November, where it, like, happens to fall into my fall break, because oh, that would have yeah. been incredible. Because you would get, like, a whole week. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I don't know. So that's the thing that's happening. And part of me was like, oh, good, that's one less home game that the Oilers have to have here. Mm-hmm. But I also read that, it's not, that they're still going to have 41 home games. So I don't know how that's going to work. Who knows? I don't, I don't ask questions. I'm not going to believe it till I see an actual schedule. Yes, that's Like, there's nothing official. No. It was just like, yeah. the NHL said. It's like, who? Where? Well, when? it's because they have their, like, their, like, midterm meetings or board of governors meetings, right? That's well, why. Well, then they should that's... goddamn release the information. Like, if they've planned it, give us friggin' dates. Yeah. And then someone else is playing in China, I believe. Yeah. Maybe and that was, like, a big question mark. And then there's gonna be games in Finland as well. Mm-hmm. You know the great thing? Because my father's moving to Norway in two weeks. He's moving to Stavanger. And guess what their hockey team is called? Hmm. 
the Oilers. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so you could go. Or is it the soccer team? One of the teams is the so Oilers. So you could go and just wear your jersey and like fit right in. And just be embarrassed. Because <laughs> why would I? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, no. The soccer team is the Vikings, I think. Yes. Uh, maybe I'm mixing them up. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Vikings... Are we talking about football? Yeah. So just, I can just snooze right now? <laughs> I'm not going to say it. It's not going to be a long conversation. Um, but uh, they lost last week. And I wore my Packers hoodie to work on Monday. And one of the guys there, because he's a Vikings fan. And he just looked at me and walked away. And I was like, hey, man. I was like, both our teams won the same number of Super Bowls this year. And he was just like, fuck you. How was that angry at you? Uh, and then um, I sent him a picture of, because um, the Super Bowl is being held in Minneapolis. So I sent him a picture of them painting the end zone with the Eagles colors over the Vikings stuff, like, in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to him, and he was really upset. And then he sent me a picture of, like, you know the waste the like waste management company? And their their uh, dumpsters are green and yellow. Yeah, and there's like a picture the of that. Yeah. yeah, there's a picture of that with, like, Packers fans standing beside it. And it's, like, all garbage looks the same. <laughs> oh, so, my God. I, was really, I thought it was really funny. Um, but he's in Orlando this weekend for a football coaching conference. Because that's a thing that happens. Oh, okay. And they're at the Pro Bowl today. Oh. So I found something really mean about the Vikings, and it's... Sent it to him. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, like, two Vikings players, like, we're going to the Super Bowl. It's, like, section this, row this, like, whatever, like, actual seats in the stadium or whatever. And I was like, oh, we're having a miserable time. <laughs> Which I kind of do. Because I was, this was yesterday afternoon when I was, like, putting on all of my layers to go out and shovel the driveway. Yeah. And then I didn't have to. Because they did it for me. Oh. Because I, I pay, we, we pay for it. Yeah. But they brought the bobcat out. And had, oh, handy. Yeah, so my driveway was done in about three seconds. Lovely. Yeah. Amazing. That is very nice. As I'm sure you noticed when you drove in. I did. Was... It's a nightmare to drive out there. Oh, oh it's awful. God. It's awful. Thursday, or was it Friday? Coming to work was... Yeah, it was terrible. Horrific. I know some people took them 90 minutes to get to school. I had to pick my mom up for an appointment. Um... I picked her up at 8.40, and her appointment was up by work, and it usually takes me half an hour to get to work. Yeah. So it would take me about a half an hour from mom and dad's house, too. And it took an hour and five minutes. Yeah, it was... Ugh, yeah, it was, it was awful. awful. But it's like, actual winter for once, which we haven't had in a long time. We haven't had it in a long time. I remember when I first moved to Edmonton for university, it was, like, the most snowfall they'd had for, like, 15 years. Yeah. And I remember how crazy it was driving that winter like to the point where it would be snowing like it did here for three days straight Mm -hmm. we would have that like once a week and then when you're trying to like turn left anywhere you'd have to like go over these huge mounds of snow and you were never sure if you're actually gonna make it through Mm -hmm. so it was like oh yeah this is bringing back all that trauma (laughs) post-traumatic stress about driving in winter time yeah it's although i do like driving on the snow better than i like driving on icy roads because, like, I feel like my tires are, like... They can grip They can something. grip a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just I, when it's packed, that's yeah. never good. When I... I remember, um... I remember, um, when I was younger. I never really knew, I never really understood why my mom would do this in the wintertime. But she would always, when she'd stop at a light, she would always, like, drive really close to the edge where the, the snow wasn't as packed down. Yeah. And, of course, before I drove, I didn't understand that. And then she used to... And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Because you need to grip when you yeah, start. and yeah. it makes sense. Um, but like I went over, I was babysitting for a friend last night and, uh, 
Like, I haven't babysat someone's kid in years. Yeah. Um, but, and my mom asked me, she's like, are they paying you? I'm like, no, they fed me. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, I don't need... Once you reach a certain age, it's like, this I'll... is for favors only. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, like, the, the baby went to sleep at, like... Seven or eight. <laughs> Seven fifteen. She was out. Mom yeah. and dad left at like six forty-five. She cried for like fifteen minutes. Cause to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Or she, when they left. Well, yeah. She cried when they left, and and we figured out that if we do this again next time, we'll just like I'll just hang out with her, and they can just go, and she won't notice, and then yeah. she'll probably be fine, because she was looking for them. And then she just cried herself to sleep, and I, like, was sitting in the rocking chair in her room, and I waited until she stopped, like, hiccup breathing. Yeah. And once the cries were all gone, and then I put her in the crib. Just put her in the crib, and then I went downstairs and watched TV. Yeah. And that was it. Not that bad. No, and I was like, you can't pay me for this. Like, that's insane. (laughs) It was 20 minutes of work. I literally did nothing. (laughs) Like, I didn't didn't do it. I didn't even have to let the dog out. Like, I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, she self-soothed to sleep. Yeah. When I went to put her into the crib, she, like, kind of moved, and I was like, oh, shit. So I, like, stood up again. I was like, no, we're just going to wait another minute. Make sure that you're, like, actually out like a light. Which is funny, because I went to... put her down, and, she, you know, baby's, like... Oh, yeah. their sh- arms up. Like, they're freaking skydiving. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then they've got, like, the camera, like, the monitor of the camera or whatever, and then at some point in time, I saw that she'd, like, flipped over onto her front. Mm-hmm. But... And then I went in to check on her, just to make sure, and... She was like her butt was like up in the air. Oh uh, yeah, they love that. And I was just like, yeah, I think you're fine. You're okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. I went to see Phantom Thread on Thursday. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Just wait. Okay. There's a trailer before it, which is um, uh, from the people who did Juno. I'm forgetting the screenwriter's name now. Uh, what's her freaking name? I don't know. Oh, um, Diablo Cody. Yes, and uh, Reitman are doing this new movie again with Charlize Theron. Because I think they did, uh, was it like Young Adult or something like that together? Yes. Well, she's in their new movie called Tully. Okay. And it it starts off with like, this is what motherhood is in 2018. And it's like, just a mom just being like exhausted by her three kids. Like she's, Charlize is like pumping milk and she's like on the couch just like, save me civilization, please. And then her baby's crying and crying and crying. And the baby finally goes to sleep. And she's, like, setting the baby down in the crib. And then her phone vibrates and she grabs it. And she drops the phone onto the baby's face. <laughs> and it starts <laughs> crying again. And I was just like, oh, God. I love it. But, yeah, that definitely... Um, yeah, no, it was just really it was just really funny because, like, I, you know, because she likes, she likes to sleep on her back. Um, and, like, when she's, but she was just so, she was, she'd only had, like, an hour nap yesterday, too, right? And so, like. Oh, so she was a she bear. Was exhausted. Yeah. And I could see it. Just like she was yawning and crying at the same time. And it made me think of that video that Britt posted of, um, Olivia, Olivia e- eating her fries in the car. Like, oh, it was a quesadilla? Or whatever. Yeah. And she's just, like, munching, but, like, also falling asleep. It was the same kind of thing, but crying, right? Wakes up enough to put more food in her mouth and then just, like, <laughs> yeah. sags. Yeah, it was kind of like that. And I could see it. And I was just like, oh, just go to sleep, child. You're so tired. So she She's like laying there and then she leads like kind of burrowed in. Yeah. And then but she was so she was on her front and I was like, oh shit. I was like, this is probably better. Like, you can at least put her down easier. But as soon as I like moved her away from me, she was like, mm. and I was like, okay, 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 I'm sorry. And then Needs I was to just be like, burritoed nope. a little bit. I was yeah. like, we're good, we're good. And so I like kinda like wiggled her around so her arms were free. Because they were like she was like all tucked up. And then once her arms were free, then she seemed a little bit settled. Mm-hmm. And I just like laid her down. And yes, yeah, she literally just like splayed. 
And they put her in, like, one of those sleeper things with, yeah. like, the, yeah, so her feet aren't kicking around or whatever, and, yeah, she's just, like... Well, my niece is three, and even now when my sister puts her to sleep, she has to burrito her, as she calls it. Yeah. <laughs> like, babies are fucking weird. I, I can appreciate that, though. There's this thing, I see this ad on Instagram every once in a while for a gravity blanket. It's, like, a weighted blanket. And you can get him another, I think... I do like that. 15 pound or 25 pound weight. Because I can't sleep without anything covering no, me. Neither. And I was reading, too, that there was something... I forget. In university, I read this. There's like... In one of our classes... I don't know what the shit it was about. Maybe it was, like, inclusion. It is about, like, coping for kids who are, you know, developmentally different. There's mm-hmm. something about how autistic kids like to feel weight and that's soothing to Uh them so sometimes in elementary they'll wear like weighted vests when Uh they get upset and anxious and can't cope or Uh whatever or like put their backpacks on or some kind of yeah and i was just like but damn i like that too (laughs) well it's you know there's been times where i've had like a rough day and i have like 900 blankets on my bed anyway but Mm -hmm. i will just like lay under all of them yeah even in the summertime there's something soothing about... That having that, that weight on top of yeah. you where you're, like... I remember when I lived in Dublin. This is, like, why I kind of wish I would have, like, smuggled it out with me. I should have stolen the duvet from that apartment. Yeah. Because it was great. It was, like... It really was, heavy. It was heavy, but it wasn't super warm. Oh, okay. Which was really nice. Um, and so, yeah, like, that was always a... And then I remember coming home and being like, oh, I don't like this. Because I missed that, that feeling. But, yeah... There's something about that. And so I see this ad for these gravity blankets every once in a while. I'm always like, hmm. How much are they? They're expensive. Oh. Yeah. And then right now, I think they're just still in Kickstarter mode right now. Oh, gotcha. So they'll be less expensive when they're not Kickstarters anymore. Um, but the idea of it is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Just to have that, like... Because there's some... I don't know. There's something about it. There is. There's something soothing. It's like some evolutionary biology... Yeah. learned behavior that's soothing to us in some way. But it's funny, though, with babies, right? I mean, obviously, you don't want to cover them up for, like, obvious reasons, but, like, they don't need anything. No. And I was, it was funny, because I put, when I put her down, I just, like, stood in there for a while to make sure that she was, like, asleep asleep. And I was like, man, how did it get to the point? Like, she's just laying there flat on her back in her crib, and there's, yeah. like, a little stuffed animal in the corner, and that's it. That's all she's got. Yeah. And then here we are with, like, our... Pillows and blankets. Pillows and blankets and mattress pads and, like, yeah. heated blankets. And I was like, well, how did this happen? We're weak sauce, man. We are. We're very weak sauce. We really are. It's unfortunate. <sighs> it is. So I want to hear about the Phantom Thread, because I'm not going to watch it, because it's going to ruin everything I love about Daniel Day-Lewis. It's so messed up. This is just going to be all spoilers for Phantom Thread. So, sorry? But, but like, not sorry. But you're welcome because I'm saving you from it. <laughs> so, the premise of the movie is that Daniel Day-Lewis is essentially like a dress designer of a very fancy design house in London. Uh-huh. And he's like the best of the best and is absolutely in the worst way one of like those stereotypical ambitious men archetypes that you see where they're like everything has to be perfect they take their tea at 8 a.m and no one talks to them in this moment and they have like all these routines that everyone else has adapted to so that the creative man can create his masterpiece you know what i mean yeah and the worst part is is that women to him are a distraction Okay. Like, his romantic relationships serve a need, and when they become distracting or busy to him and interfere with his work, his sister, Cyril, 
asks them to leave. Okay. And then one day, after having a bad experience with a um, girlfriend, he, who his sister dumps for him, because he's a weak-ass man, um, he goes out to the country, their, like, family country house, and meets this, like, waitress, and she becomes his muse. But she's insistent on being more to him than what he treats women as placeholders and users of affection and love. And then when that inspiration has dwindled, they're swept to the side. So what she does, Megan, to ensure that she has power in their relationship... And so that their relationship is in some way reciprocal. Uh Get ready for this. She poisons him. She poisons him with poisonous mushrooms so that he will get... All mushrooms should be poisonous. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Irrelevant. Is it so? Wouldn't that make it more fun if they were all poisonous? No. So that he can get sick to the point where he actually needs someone to care for him. Okay. And the first time this happens is on the day of days of his careers where he's making the wedding dress for a princess from Belgium that he's dressed since she was born, her confirmation outfit and her, um, all of her outfits on her coming out into society season. Uh He's been there with this princess. She's like the shining jewel of the women that he dresses. And he gets so sick that on the presentation day where he, like, sees what his seamstresses have done and makes sure the product's ready to ship to Belgium. Yeah. He passes out onto the dress, rips a hole in the satin on the breast of it, and then scuffs the lace, or scuffs the satin with shoe polish from his shoes. Okay. And then is sick for the next 24 hours. Okay. And that's her ability to, like, come to the rescue for him. And care for him. And it gets to the point where he recovers from that and he becomes this, like, bear of a man again, overbearing and inattentive and snide and awful to her. Yeah. And so they go to the country house again and she goes foraging for mushrooms again. She picks the mushrooms again, makes them into an omelet, and he knows. And they sit down and it's very tense because she's staring at him, just staring at him. Yeah. And he's staring at her as he picks up the fork and the knife and eats it. He eats one bite. And she says something along the lines of, you will be gentle now. You will be cared for. And you will need me. Yeah. And he says something along the lines of, yes, this is how this will work. And then they get fucking married. Oh my god. It was the worst. So, I saw the trailer. See, here's the thing. That's really disappointing, because I saw the trailer for it, and I was like... Obviously, the trailer was very well cut to make it not that. Yeah, because we were the like, trailer, the trailer made it look super interesting. In a, like... Almost like a Remains of the Day kind of way. Like, do you know what I mean? It makes it seem much more like a romantic comedy. Yes. Like, she's his muse, yes. and he inspires her to greatness, and they have this great artistic relationship to... No. No. It's not like that at all. Interesting. So, and so I will not see it. Thank you for telling me the story, because I don't... I love Daniel Day-Lewis. 
I was talking about him with some people at work, and I was just like, I love almost everything that he's done because he's so choosy about his roles. I thought actually his performance in this was quite poor. Really? It seemed very lazy. Interesting. Like, even in his, like, focus and attention, like, to the art. Yeah. I didn't believe it. Like, I truly didn't believe it. Interesting. It wasn't like John Proctor when he's, he's just, like, embodying it. He's living and breathing it. The thing, oh my god, that movie's so great. It is super. And Joan Allen in that is, is like. So great. I showed that to my kids when we were at the Crucible this year, and I was, they were just like, this movie's dumb. And I was like, it is. Because, like, the hysteria part is really silly. Yeah. And the way that it comes out, and I was like, but man, he is just like. But those two together are so wonderful. They are forces. Yeah. Like, they're so good. And her force is just so, so diminished. Yes. But there's power in that diminishment. Like, it's wonderful. But yeah, Phantom Thread, real bad. Don't recommend. Okay. Good to know. Whatsoever. It was so slow, Megan. Oh my god. How long was it? It was like a good, probably 2.15, 2.30. It was exhausting. That sounds awful. Um, I'm right now making a list of my top five favorite Daniel Day-Lewis okay. performances. You go ahead and do that. Um, I don't know what order I would put them in, though. But he, like like I said, in all of the things that... He's just very choosy, you're right. He's, he's so choosy. choosy, and he's yeah. very good in pretty much everything, because he's... I thought I saw nine, and I didn't like that either. Mm. I was disappointed in that. I wonder if it seems like with this movie, he just didn't seem very committed to it. Like, I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. Maybe. The person who really rocked it in that movie was his overbearing sister, Cyril. She was wonderful. Really? And I believed every goddamn second of that. Who played her? I can't remember. It's someone I don't usually see very often. But yeah, it was a it was a it was a nightmare because what it posits about relationships and equality between genders, yeah, in heterosexual relationships is bizarre. Interesting. Like her only use to him is matronly, to take care of him when he's sick. He was nominated. an Oscar. Yeah, I think that's because they've announced this as his last film. Maybe, okay. That's and it's like a Lifetime Achievement Award Oscar. But he's situation. won the Oscar already. He's won the Oscar like... Yeah, but people love to do that. They love to nominate for reputation, not necessarily for the most recent work of art. That's true. That's fair. Hence why Sandra Bullock won for that football movie instead of Gravity. Um, she was... I mean, she was good in The Blind Side. But she's better in Gravity. She's way better in Gravity. Yeah. Um... And why they gave Heath Ledger the one for The Dark Knight when he absolutely should have gotten it for Brokeback. Yeah, I know. Um, So my non-definitive... I I don't even know how I could order these because I don't love... This is the interesting thing. I don't love all these movies. But you love his performance. But he's so great in them. And this is is the challenge with him because he always... Like, he plays hard... Hard roles. Um, I think... So these aren't in any particular order, and the only reason they're not in any particular order is because I don't know what to do with the one movie that I don't really love. Okay. But my favorite, hands down, is Last of the Mohicans. I fucking love that movie. Oh, really? I love him in it. Have you seen it? I saw it once in, like, grade nine. Oh, I love it. Before the curriculum changed, because we had, like, grade nine humanities. Yeah. And I 
truly don't remember anything about it. Was it was so good. I loved it. And he was great in it. I remember the cover of the book, yeah. the film. And the soundtrack is so good. Oh, it's wonderful. I do I think remember, it might be on Netflix again. I do remember it being very long. It is long. And when you're in like an 84-minute class in high school, or in my high school it was 82 minutes, that felt like eight classes yeah, we watched that it's movie for. Um, we watched it in grade eight because that was when it was in the in the curriculum was in grade eight. Okay. It was like the Canada stuff. And so mm-hmm. I remember watching it in grade eight in like our 45-minute classes. Um, and I do remember that like the, the history is not quite right. Oh no! It's not terrible. Like they, they. Does they, he play an indigenous man? Well, it's from yeah. He no, he's adopted. He was like adopted okay. by this Mohican family ultimately. Okay, like gotcha. he's a, he's a white man. Okay, but he was raised in their in their because it's Society. from the novel by gotcha. James Fenimore Cooper, which don't ever read it. Okay. It's so bad. Oh my god. But yet they made this beautiful movie. Yes, the film is like leaps and bounds ahead. Who directed of. the film? That's a good question. Oh, I, I can look it up while you're telling me. Um, so, Last of the Mohicans is my favorite the, a role of his and also favorite movie. That is he's it? In. Okay. I'm going to predict a trend. Continue. Um, I also am a particular fan of In the Name of the Father. Is uh, that the one where he's a priest? No, that's the one where he is um, an IRA terrorist. Oh, where he's, right. Where he, he plays Jerry Conlon. Yeah, it's really good. I like that one. Um, I'm a very big fan of his performance in There Will Be Blood, even though I don't love that movie. Mm-hmm. But he was so fucking good and terrifying in it. Um, I really like The Crucible. And mm-hmm. I really like him in The Crucible. Especially at the end. When he, like, rails about his name. Mm-hmm. That's like, I mean, that's my favorite part of the play. And he was just so but good. But it is my name! Yeah. Oh yeah, so good. And then, and then I very much like him in Gangs of New York. Yeah. He's just, like, he's awful. He's very good at playing awful people. He is. And he was, like, he was good in Lincoln. I never saw Lincoln. Lincoln's, oh, it's a good movie. I liked it a lot. It just felt like, I was just so tired of U.S. propaganda. You know what I mean? I was yeah. just like, ugh. Do you know what else I, I found out was from Lincoln, like, recently, even though, like, I don't, I honestly don't remember it? Adam Driver. Oh, my God, Megan. <laughs> I haven't rewatched it, though, I promise. I just found that out. But it's just so, Michael that Mann directed Last of the Mohicans. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good one, and they took a really bad book and they made a pretty good movie out of it, hmm. which is good. The soundtrack is really good, like the the film score is wonderful, um, and that's maybe one of the things that sort of made the story very compelling. Um, so is he in Last of Mohicans a good guy? Um, yeah, he's framed that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're ultimately they're they're sort of seen as like the as go betweens between other um, Mohawk nations and. The British or the French. Oh, I see. So they're they're ultimately there to like trade, and they're not they're not on either side because mm-hmm. this is it's the Seven Years' War that it's set in, and so they're not on either side of the conflict. They're they're opportunists ultimately. Oh, I see. But also trying to like stay safe, and that at one point in time, um, they come across like they're with um the daughters of the of General Cornwallis and and their escort. So there's like the, these three English people with them, and he speaks English and so does his father and so does his brother because it facilitates in their trade relationship mm-hmm. um, and so he's and so the the daughters want to bury this family that they come across who've been like slaughtered by whomever and they're not sure who it is um, necessarily they think it's a war party but they don't know for sure but then they decide against burying them because then if there's people coming back to, to like watching they're going to know that someone has been through there mm-hmm. so they decide not to 
to bury this family. To interfere with it in um, any way. Yeah, and, and, but it's interesting because, like, he's the main character, and he goes, like, they call him Hawkeye. His name's Nathaniel, but they call him Hawkeye. And he's not the last of the Mohicans, because yeah. he's not one of them. Like, he wasn't born into it. So it's, it, it's good. I really, really like the movie a lot. Um, interesting. And, like, it shows, which I always think is interesting now when I watch it again, like, the two women that are in it are, um, Madeline Stowe is one of them, and I can't remember the girl that plays her sister. Jody something, I just read it. Yes. Um, I can't remember how to though. Anyway, they're both, like, quite strong-willed and independent. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. They're not these, like, helpless For that damsels. Period For that period. Time. Yes, it's really actually kind of refreshing. Yeah. That they're not that. They're very capable. Mm-hmm. And and Cora, the older one, like, she ends up, ultimately, when they get to the fort, she ends up, like, helping in the infirmary. Mm. And, like, as a nurse, ultimately, and just doing things. And it's not, they're not just, like, these rich girls sitting around waiting for something to happen. Um, but that's probably my favorite role of his. It's brave. I was going to posit that the ones that were your favorite are something in the past that you've told me about John Proctor about how he's so long-haired and dirty and delicious. Um, <laughs> kind of a little bit, maybe. Because in, in Last of the Week, it's 100% is. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. And there's a certain look that he embodies. It's kind of like a Clay Matthews Kind situation. of a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, hey, you know what? I like what I like. like yeah, I know, just, that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's a trend, and I'm... I... I like what I like. Um, yeah. He had long hair in, in The Name of the Father as well. But I mean, it was like, because it was set in 1974, so it was like, for the period. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that ever? No. It's very good. I heard there was a good movie that just came out with... It's called, like, 76. I think it's got, like, Killian Murphy in it. Apparently that's a very good movie about, like, the Troubles, too. Oh, I haven't, uh... I haven't checked it out. I haven't heard anything. But, but that's something that's, like, a very intriguing conflict, because I feel like I truly don't understand each party's... I understand one party's motivation. I don't understand the other party's motivation. I don't understand either. Like, I, I mean, just... I do, I get it, but I don't get it. You know, and it makes me think about Les Mohicans because I can't imagine living in a time where you go to a new land and you're like, "I'm better than all these people here. I'm going to subjugate them and kill them and force them to abide by my rules." Like just that framework of Eurocentrism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know. No, I, I yeah, I it's know. exhausting. It very much is. Um. But yeah, those. Well, I'm I'm disappointed that it's a bad movie, but I'm glad that you told me because now I don't have to watch it. I super didn't like it. My friend Davis, I went with. He loves Daniel Day Lewis, and he also loves PTA, and so he thought it was very well done. Of it was beautifully shot. Yeah, absolutely, it, would be. it was. It would be because that's. It was. You know, as PTA movies often are, they've got this weird dark twist in them. Mm-hmm. But I just, like, was like, no. <laughs> Why did you make me do this? Did we talk about Dunkirk last week? Yeah, we did. And how it's not going to win. Yeah. Best Picture, even though it's going to win all the technical awards. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get angry again. Yeah. I, what else did I see? I thought I saw something else that was nominated. Shit. Um, I did notice that uh, Dave Lozo watched Three Awards Outside Ebbing, Missouri and fucking hated, hated it. it. Yeah. I think more than he hated Baby Driver. 
Which is really quite impressive. Because he really hated Baby Driver. He super did. Um, but no, I saw last night on Twitter his like thread and his reactions to the movie or whatever, and I, it just made me chuckle. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know if I'll watch it, but like some of the stuff that he... And it's interesting, because I've read some stuff about it, and some of the stuff that he was saying is like some of the criticisms that I was reading. But then other people loved it. Yeah. I know our friend Mike loved it. Yeah. I'm curious. Because I feel like Mike's a very smart man. He's a smart man. Yeah, I, don't, I just I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. That, that was like the, the sort of visceral reaction to it. I also watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine. How'd you feel about that? I hated the first one. Like okay. Like, it, because I watched it as like a twenty five year old who has seen like groundbreaking film before that film was groundbreaking. Right. Okay. Or after that film was groundbreaking. Right. So like to me, I was just like, okay, it's orange. Like <laughs> the music <laughs> is all synth. Like I don't fucking yeah. get it. But I was kind of meh about it last night. But the more that I think about it, the more I do quite like it. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking slow. It was two hours, 43 minutes. Well, that's, like, was that, was Christopher Nolan uh, behind that or what? Like It was Denis Villeneuve. Interesting. Very long. Yeah. But I understand he was trying to match it to the original in a lot of tonal ways. Yeah. Um, the whole time Davis and I, again, watched this with Davis was trying to figure out, like, what actually is the story that they're trying to tell. Okay. So it kept us guessing. You had to really be an active viewer. And was it supposed to keep you guessing, or was it I just not so. telling the story well? No, I think it, it had a turn at the end that it really wanted you to okay. contemplate and think about. But it's one of those movies where it has dialogue in it that normal people would never say to each other. Oh. Like, one of the opening lines is something along the lines of, you're only doing this because you've never seen a miracle. Okay. I was like, okay. And there were a lot of, like, threads to Macbeth in it that I was picking out, which was, like, so not the intent of the film. But the more I think about it, the more I do like it. I just wish it was, like, an hour shorter. Yeah, I find sometimes... I find sometimes stuff, like, stuff like that becomes, like, almost Mm self-indulgent in a way. Like, it becomes... And, I mean, I'm gonna... I love... Christopher Nolan stuff. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Shocker. But like, and it's funny because I've thought this about Interstellar that it's somehow too long, but also I don't know what you would cut out of it. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, because the story that they told needed the time, mm-hmm. but like it was too long. But I still don't know how to cut out anything from that to make it. Because like all of the scenes, most of them are pretty short mm-hmm. when it comes right down to it. Like, that scene on, like, the water planet, which is probably my favorite thing other than... Oh, it gives me such anxiety. Oh, I don't oh. So great. Um, but, like... That's only, like, five minutes of the film. Yeah. Is and that- and then the scene, like, the docking scene after Matt Damon blows up the ship. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, I guess. I don't know. That is great. Like, the <laughs> soundtrack is awful as for that. Is. Like, everything is so good about that. And, like, how do you cut any of that out? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, so good. And so, like, I've thought that a lot. That sometimes, like, long films like that feel very self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. And then someone pointed out to me, like, well, what about Interstellar? And I was like, I don't get that same feeling. This isn't Christopher Nolan being like, look how good I am at making movies. Yeah, because the problem with Blade Runner 2049 is it's a lot of characters being static and staring. Yeah. You don't need two minutes of that. No. Cut it down to 15 seconds of them being, like, mm-hmm. conflicted and struggling. Yeah. And then move on. Interestingly, the best actor that I thought was in that movie 
um, oh, was what's his nuts from Dallas Buyers Club. I'm Jared, so bad with names. Jared Leto? Yeah, Jared Leto. He was wonderful, I thought. I don't think if Jared Leto was being from Dallas Buyers Club, I knew who you meant, but to me, he's still like Jordan Catalano from My So Called Life. Like, that's the. Oh, I haven't seen that that's show. That's the so. frame of reference for me. That's the last thing I remember seeing him in. I know he's got that band. Yes. But he was very good. Rygaz was okay. Harrison was his usual grumbly. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's an interesting guy because he's a very good actor. He super is. I don't think that he's in things that allow you to show how no. much of a great you seen actor he is. Half Nelson. I have. Yeah. I he's loved so him in that. good in that. That movie broke my heart mm-hmm. at the end. At the end. Oh. In the bathroom. I wouldn't. And then like. And then going home. Spoilers, yeah. I guess. It's from 2006. I don't care anymore. It's that old. Yeah. And the soundtrack for that is so great. Yeah. It's wonderful. But at the end of so he plays this teacher who's like this like great teacher. Mm-hmm. And he looks at he teaches history, like middle school history, and his kids love him. And he looks at stuff. From their lens and, and through their lenses and so he's he got was, like a disadvantaged population. Yeah, and he's like he's so great. She's in New York City and he's teaching and like but he's got a drug problem. Mm-hmm. And like you don't know you don't know about it at first and then you find out about he's it. He's got a serious drug like, problem. A real serious problem. He's like barely functioning. He's mm-hmm. functioning, but he's barely functioning. Yeah. And he ends up in this hotel um, at the end. Oh, yeah, it's at the hotel. It's at the very, very end. And so, like, he, there's this, this girl in his class, and, and he's, like, kind of looking out for her. Yeah. You know, just, and she plays basketball, and he's a basketball coach. And he, he's kind of looking out for her because she comes from kind of a shitty circumstance and looks like the people that kind of are her caretakers ultimately, when her mom's not around, are, like, drug dealers. Yeah. And it's, fu- it's interesting that he's, like trying to make sure she's safe ultimately when he like participates, participates in that economy in that, yeah. in that as well <laughs> and it turns out that one of his dealers is somebody that she ends up running drugs for mm-hmm. um and at the end yeah he's in this hotel at this it's like a wednesday like it's not even on a weekend like it's just a fucking gong show yeah and he's falling apart he's falling apart and he's like in this bathroom in this hotel and his student is running drugs and she brings him his supply. Was it heroin? Heroin, I think. I think it was heroin. No, it was heroin. No, it wasn't cocaine. Yeah, it was heroin. Um, it, was, and it was heroin or meth? I think it was heroin. I think it was heroin. And she brings and she brings him his supply. Yeah. And, like, just the look on his face. And her... And her, when she sees him and he sees her and, like, realizes who this is yeah. and has seen him in this state... Like, it's just all of the shame and all of the... And, it, like, he said so much in that, like, four seconds. It was incredible. Yeah. And then it ends quite well, where he's, like, cleaned up his shithole apartment and, like, the impression is that he's sort of... Moving on ...working through his yeah. problem or whatever. But it's so good. And he was so good in that. He's wonderful in it. He's good. He's wonderful in Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, he's totally a... He's phenomenal. It's so funny. When he pulls his ring off to punch David Lindhagen in the face, yeah. that's, like, maybe my favorite thing that happens. He's like, David Lindhagen? This is David Lindhagen? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking wax him. But it's so funny how Gosling is so good at playing the piece of shit, and then also the alpha male. Mm-hmm. Which is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything in between. He's so good. He really is. I just wish he was in more stuff that, like, highlighted some of that ability. Yeah. Um, so there's a miniseries on right now, I think it's on HBO, about Waco, mm. and Taylor Kitsch is playing David Koresh. Mm. It's like a six-part thing, and I saw some 
um, some stills from it, like, months ago when I heard about it, and he'd, like, he lost a bunch of weight for it, and, like, you know, yeah, and and then, so there was a GQ interview that someone sent me that he was in, um, and the comment, of course, from him from Friday Night Lights, he doesn't, like, as Tim Riggins doesn't say much, and that was always his thing, like, he just didn't say much, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but apparently Taylor Kitchen in real life is very talkative. Um, yeah, we've seen him on, like, Strombones. Yeah, so but, like, all the time, he's just, he's very talkative. And, and, and the girl that was interviewing him was kind of surprised by that, because mm-hmm. he's, you know, he doesn't project that image. Mm-hmm. And he said that in, when he was doing Friday Night Lights, that one of the things that he, um, that he did a lot of times was just, like, toss out dialogue. He's like, no, I'm not saying that. Oh, really? And he'd be like, Riggins, Riggs would never say that, so, um, I'm not gonna say it. And so then he would just, like, there'd be a look. Yeah. Or he'd mutter a couple words, and that would be it. Like, you wouldn't say the, the dialogue. And it just worked for the character that they were trying to create. Um, but he's another one, and he talked about how John Carter, like, almost ruined his career. Oh, for sure. And it wasn't his fault. No. Because he was fine. Those movie like, sucked. Yeah, and I think that that movie, too, was a lot of micromanagement and mm-hmm. mid-production changes. Well, and, and who was it that directed? It was the guy that directed it. It was the guy that did, like, Wally, right? Ryan Stanton, I think, is his oh, name. Oh, really? Yeah, and he'd never done a live-action movie before. So, like, how do you... That's a big... Like, that's a tough a tough thing to switch to. Oh, for sure. Um, But I remember, because he filmed that while he was filming Friday Night Lights. Oh, Andrew Stanton. Yeah, Andrew right. Stanton, yeah. And so, did I see Mike Stanton? Ryan. I Ryan Stanton, okay. Because Mike Stanton is a baseball be player. <laughs> oh. I was like, wait a second. Um, But the, they were filming Friday Night Lights, and so at the end of season four, he goes to jail. Mm-hmm. And then he's out of Friday Night Lights for the first, I don't know, I think he comes back in like episode nine, maybe, or episode 10 of season five. And the reason that he, that they put, that they said, had that plot line where he went to jail was because he was going to film this movie. This is a crazy thing about this movie is that, <laughs> listen to this, the budget has three numbers. It says 250 to 306.6 million. And then in brackets... Two hundred and sixty-three point seven million after tax credit. Crazy. That's a that's a big discrepancy on your budget there. Bells. But that's also a very expensive movie. It only made two eighty-four, so yeah. technically broke even. Yeah, but it's a bomb. Like it was a bomb. And what a bomb for Walt Disney too. That's yeah. rare. Like it must have been just Did you see plagued it? with issues. Now I watched it because Taylor Kitsch, and I, I wish I hadn't. It was really bad. And then he did Battleship that same summer. Yeah, not a good... Ah, uh, Battleship was fun, though. Because yeah. it didn't take itself seriously. Like, there's a scene in Battleship where they're legitimately playing Battleship. <laughs> like, not actually playing Battleship, but they're using, like, their radar or their to sonar the to, thing. like, attack these like, ships using actual called. Battleship. And, like, the alien ships that are attacking them are firing and their bombs look like Battleship pegs. I love it. Like, it's, it's super fun and not serious in any way. Like, the scene at the beginning, he, like meets Brooklyn Decker and thinks she's really hot and he's super drunk and she like comes into the bar where he is and wants a burrito and the guy behind the- A burrito at a bar? That's your first problem. But the- well, (laughs) that's what she wants and the guy behind the bar is like, no, we know, kitchen's closed, whatever. So he, to the kitchen's character, like gets the idea to like go across the street to the convenience store that's of course closed. So he like breaks in 
like through the roof and like falls through the roof panel lands on a shelf shit everywhere so that he can get her a burrito so he can get her and, he, and then he comes out of the, then he, he unlocks the door to come out with the burrito in hand and then he gets like tased by victorious the oh my god <laughs> it's amazing that sounds like, amazing it's phenomenal and that's how it's, and then and then the next morning the scene like it switches the next morning and he like wakes up in an ice bath that his brothers put him in to like Sober him up. Sober him up. And, and he, steal his kidneys. Well, but he's like, but he's, of course, like, he's naked, but he, you don't, he, but he's shirtless. And then again, I'm like, well, all right, I'm sold. Like, yeah. I don't need any more than this. I loved it. It was great. It's so bad, but I love it. Another, like, so bad, but loved it is I also watched last night Geostorm. <laughs> I kind of wanted to see that and I never did. I love a good disaster movie. Like, show me sweeping tornadoes like destroying Moscow, like, all fucking day. Like, 2012? Did you yeah, see 2012? I did. Or The Day After Tomorrow? Day After Tomorrow, one of my fave disaster movies of all time. So good. Because they do not cinch out on the disaster part. No. At all. No. They fuck shit up, and then it's up to the humans to survive, right? Yeah. That was the problem with Geostorm. Not enough fucking shit up. Oh, Interesting. They were really trying to pound home this relationship between Gerard Butler and his brother. Uh. Couldn't have cared less. <laughs> when they started talking to each other, me and Davis started talking to each other. Because it was like, they could be saying anything here. We can mute right now. It doesn't matter. Show me the tsunami destroying Dubai again, please. <laughs> oh, now I just really want to watch Day After Tomorrow again. It's so good. Um, yeah, I could, I could watch that. That's a good one. It's a fun movie. That should be our next one. <gasps> our next live watch? Yeah. Okay. Love it. Enjoy. Okay, cool. Um, so let's go to questions. It's been an hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> we had the zero plan and we've just rambled. We started talking about the Oilers and Slava Voinov and yeah. then the All-Star game and then Daniel Day-Lewis. And then Swaddling Babies. Swaddling <laughs> Babies. And yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis and Phantom Thread and Alas the Mohegans and how it's not problematic that he's a white guy <laughs> who like lives with, with the natives. Mm-hmm. And then now we're going to do a live commentary of Day After Tomorrow at some point in time. Love it. Look at us go. Look at us go. Um, you had some questions from Larissa. Did you not? I have one from Malcolm that I really like. Okay. He he and his wife are watching The Crown. He says, Princess Margaret likes emotional horse rides through the countryside. What's your favorite emotional activity? <laughs> emotional horse rides? Oh, that's fun. I like that. Um, My favorite emotional activity is eating. <laughs> When you're really emotional, do you eat dairy products? Oh, 100%. Do you see these volcano zits on my forehead right now from all the dairy I've had in the last two months? Are you saying you've been a little emotional lately? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. Emotional? Oh, that's really... Emotional horse eyes. That's really funny. Um, It's so true, though, for Margaret. Oh, yeah. That's 100% (laughs) what she That made me laugh so hard. What's your favorite emotional activity? Uh, I think for me... I would say driving. Mm. Oh, just like put on some fucking yeah. rage songs or sad songs or, or just go cry it out on the hindi. <laughs> yep. I haven't done that before. <laughs> I have like specific playlists for it. Oh, for <laughs> De- sure. Depending on the mood. And like sometimes when I go out to take pictures, because I go to Elk Island and so it's like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll listen to podcasts or whatever. Or sometimes I'll listen to like... The Hamilton soundtrack, or you know, whatever. And I was just gonna say, Hamilton's great because at certain points you're like, yes, angry, singing along, burn this motherfucker down, burn, and then at the end you're like, but why? Like you just start crying. So the <laughs> first time that it made me cry, I was coming back from 
Banff, maybe? I want to say, because I was in Calgary. Mm. And I didn't hadn't stopped in Calgary, so I must have been coming back from Banff. Um, and I was listening to It's Quiet Uptown. And I had to pull over because I started crying and couldn't stop. And then, and I'd, already, I'd listened to the soundtrack before, but it had never made me cry. And then mm-hmm. later that day, when I, like, later on when I got to, um, whichever, what it, is it, Best of Wives and Best, is that what it's called? Whatever, when he, like, leaves. Mm-hmm. And that little hitch, whatever in his voice, I'm just like, oh, no. And then at the end, I'm just like, oh, my God, what is happening to me? So I know when I see it, I'm going to just, I'm going to need oh. a bag full of Kleenex. Yeah, you need just, come in with a box. Yeah. Just be like, I'm prepared, you guys. Yeah. No sharesies. No. I'm going to use all of these. Thank you. It's going to be, and, well, and Riva has said the same thing, like, that she's cried listening to it. Oh. I've seen, like, celebrities who have seen it, and I think it was June Diane Raphael, posted an Instagram with just her mascara just like running down her <laughs> cheeks she was just like just saw Hamilton for the first time and she's like got this insane smile on yeah but the Kelly Clarkson version of It's Quiet Uptown the first time I heard it made me so did you hear her talking about it yes. she was like pregnant I know it's like Lynn Jesus <laughs> so rude pregnant with her son and she's uh. singing the song about the son dying yeah and the forgiveness oh I can't even talk about it <laughs> But, like, and apparently, um, Jess texted me the other day, and apparently Come From Away is Oh, yeah, I've heard that's very good. Oh, no They're touring, like, in the fall, so we should, uh, should do that. That would be wonderful. Watch it at the same time (laughs) the fucking Oilers are in Sweden. Well, it's not the Oilers that we're going to see in Sweden, Megan. That's true. Let's be clear about this. So I also hope that, speaking, oh, yeah, we talked about that, too. Speaking on whatever, I hope that when the Devils uh, play in Calgary, that it's on a weekend. Yes. If the Sweden thing doesn't work out. <laughs> I'm saying that as if I'm going to go to Sweden. <laughs> I'm, like, to watch a hockey seriously game. considering it. Um, yeah, I think for me, emotional driving is probably... Because I'm by myself, and I have, like, different playlists. It depends on my mood. Yes. I will listen to Adele. I will. Oh, of course. I will listen to Celine Dion. Oh, of course. <laughs> right? Like, I will listen to, um... I don't really have any angry music, though, for driving. I don't really need it. It's mostly just sad stuff. But sometimes when I go take pictures, like, I, I'll, that's why I'll go. And I'm like, I'm just going to get in the car and I'm going to drive and I just listen to music and, like... Mm-hmm. Just feel it. And it's very cathartic, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to remember because Larissa did ask me that question about Logan. Is that... Did you email that one to me? I Well, I screenshotted it. Oh, no, I copied and pasted it and sent it to you. Okay, I have it right here. You do have it? Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, she's got so many. Oh, jeez. Um, let's start with this one. Please talk about the North-South Korea joint women's hockey team and predict their placing in the Olympics. Hmm. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think if it means that they can field, like, field or ice a whole team, then sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it maybe does something to, like, relieve some political tension in the... I'm always curious as to why South Korea does this. I don't know. I'm not sure. I wonder how history long-term will look at that. I don't know. Like, is that a form of appeasement? In a way. I think it might be. And that's a bigger conversation that I'm not smart enough to answer. But. Um, well, I get we can't really have the conversation about appeasement until something else happens yes, as a result, true. right? So That's true. Um, um, in terms of where they're going to place, oh boy. Well, I mean, Canada and the U.S. are going to play for gold, and Sweden's probably, Sweden and Russia are probably going to play for bronze. Yeah. Or whatever, it's going to be those four teams in the... Or in maybe some something, yeah. in, the semi, the in the semifinals, right? Yeah. So I don't know. They'll place like eighth or ninth. I don't know how, even how many teams are in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Please predict the medal counts for the top three nations at the upcoming Winter Olympics. No idea. I, f- I think Canada will do fairly well, all things considered. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, they'll probably be up there, but I don't know. Numbers. The problem with Canada at the Olympics is generally the team that we send is a clip eclipsed in numbers by other countries. Yes. Like, Russia's gonna send, like, fucking 370. No, they're not, though. Because, they're not? No, Russia's not, doesn't have an Olympic team. Oh, right. It's, like, Olympic athletes from Russia, and so it's all very complicated. So Russia's so not gonna have a big team. So that may change things. The states will have an, a big team. Yeah, they send, like, 275. But Canada's seat does very well in Winter Olympics. We tend to Comparatively. Do... And, and there's fewer sports at Winter Olympics, so the medal counts are yes. always lower. And what I found, especially, like, what we were so happy about in the Vancouver Olympics is it was our most amount of goals mm-hmm. but it wasn't actually our like highest medal mm-hmm. count either so I think that's great that we're like getting maybe second and first yeah in the events more yeah. but that might come at a cost us to our overall medal count yeah which but at the end of it all like I don't know the only Olympic somebody well, so there's another question that someone sent on Twitter and I don't remember who it was but they're like what are you most looking forward to oh women's hockey for sure women's hockey and ice dancing Oh, God. They're going to... Cr- I'm so excited for Ice Dance. That program that they skated at the Nationals was like... <sighs> it's incredible. Holy shit. It made me cry. They're so good. Did you watch it? I didn't see the whole thing. I oh, my... Okay, well, we're going to watch it. We'll watch it here before you go. Yeah. Um, it was the very end. Like, I burst into tears. Yeah. They're so good. Oh, I know. And they've gotten so much better since they won the Olympics eight years ago. Like, that's the incredible part, is that they've, like... Yeah, we're on a brain tension because we haven't actually named who they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, what else would I be talking about? But anyway, if you're not sure, it's Tessa Virtue and Scott Moore. Because, like, they're gonna... Whatever. But that's, like... I don't care, honestly, about anything else. I'm not really... I uh, I do like... I'll watch Bobsled because my friend Nicole, her roommate, made the oh, cool. Canadian Olympic Bobsled team. So that's super cool. That's very cool. I do like the, like, ski aerials. Mm-hmm. That's always just very engaging to And watch. moguls. So fun. Um, I like the snowboard stuff. I do, yeah, because it's like each time you're like, there's a risk someone might die. Yeah, but I like, and I, it's like, <laughs> the, attention in the level. summer Olympics, I kind of like the BMX stuff too. Like that stuff, I sort of like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, I don't really like watching X Games. Like, it's, that's not really my jam, but I do like in the Olympics, and part of it is because it's very accessible. Yeah. And you, it's not like bobsled where you see like 19 different camera angles down the track, and you just see the, the sled just like slide by whereas you see the whole race and I like stuff where you can see the whole thing kind of all at once yeah which is why I don't like the very static sports so curling not interested I don't like curling um not interested in like the cross country ski or the Norwegian team in their pants love the see uh, anything that heightens the drama sure there's skip it's not enough (laughs) it's not enough for me to sit there for three hours to watch a rock Slowly move across some ice. And people do chores. <laughs> I hate sweeping, so why would I like it as a sport? Oh, you're funny. Um, but yeah, super excited for women's hockey. Yeah. Really hoping that it finally gets them the credit. I'm f- actually kind of excited for the men's hockey tournament, too. Because, like, I'll, I will watch... I always... Over Christmas, like, I always watch the Spangler Cup. Yeah. And this is kind of like that, right? It's, it's that caliber. It's guys that are good hockey players, but they're not quote-unquote the best and yeah, that's yeah. fine i think it's good i think it'll be good to see old pal gilbert brulee ben scrivens ben scrivens it's like a bunch of ex-oilers on the canadian olympic team which yeah. tells you a lot and who's like the old flame about how the oilers did things oh yeah <laughs> totally. totally 
Yeah, so that was the that's that's what I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, another question from Larissa: You get a redo on one major event in your life, and what is it, and what's the redo? And the example she gives is like Kelsey: If you were to redo your wedding, would you do it different? Go somewhere else? Whatever. I do it in the same place, but I do it in secret, and no one would come. <laughs> that's what I would do. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would do. I, I, when you sent this to me, you sent this to me on Tuesday, and I thought about it then, and I still don't think I have a... I think there's certain situations where, like, my husband and I have had opportunities to, like, live elsewhere and not be so tied to Edmonton. Yeah. And now that my dad's doing that at, like, 61 years old, he's moving to Norway for an amazing career opportunity, I'm like, damn, why didn't we jump on those chances mm-hmm. while we had them? So, maybe that's something that I regret. Or not just, like, having an opportunity. I remember when I first finished school, I got this email from this, like, recruiting company to, like, teach English abroad. And it was in, like, Manchester. Not, like, teaching English abroad, but, like, Canadian teachers working abroad was the point of it. And I was like, well, I could have done that for a year. My husband and I were just dating then. We could have made it work. You know, like, why didn't I just take the risk, have a life experience? Mm-hmm. Well, see, and, like, for me, like, b- part of it because I'm not tied down, like, I have a job here, and I'm tied to my job, but I like it, so it's fine. Yeah. But, like, when I was, like, I really hate this, I'm gonna go to school in Ireland, I just did. Like, yeah. there was nothing... To hold you back. I would do maybe do that a little bit differently, and I, I think, actually, maybe that's the thing. I wouldn't, like, redo going. I wouldn't reconsider it. I would still do the program that I did, but I think I would have maybe gotten a job... While you were there? While I was there to, like, help offset some of my costs. And, like, maybe, like, one day a week in a coffee shop. Like, I didn't need a lot. But just enough to, like, pay for groceries. Just have a little bit of spending Or something, money. you know. Some I mean, money. I had spending money, but I spent all of my money, right? Yes. And so... Right. Just do something a little bit different and maybe do a little bit different traveling while I was over there. Yeah, But, for like, sure. you know. Whatever. And just there's been a lot of... There's been a lot of things in, in our life that we've said no to because they would have been, like, too big. Yeah. I'm just like, who fucking cares? Well, like, this trip to New York City that we're going on with choir, like... Yeah. I remember, Reem and I were having this conversation when they first announced it, and we're like, oh, that sounds so expensive. And it is expensive. It's like 3200 bucks for five days, which is very expensive. That's, for five days, that's very expensive, But yeah. a large part of that cost is, like, the actual cost of performing at Carnegie Hall and the licensing right. and the performer, like, the orchestra, we're paying for an orchestra. Okay, right. So that's all part of it, because, like, we weren't invited to Carnegie Hall. Like, this is, it's a different kind of thing. We're still singing there, so that's super cool. But then we were like, wait a second, when the fuck else are we going to get a chance to sing at Carnegie Hall? So why not? So yeah. let's just do it, right? And, you know. That's what I'm trying to reframe my idea about money. Because I think our parents think about it as, like, you have to save. You have to have money for a rainy day. And I feel like for our generation and the generations that come after us, every fucking day is a rainy day. Mm-hmm. And so we need to reframe that about, like, why not? Money is just money. Like, if money's not allowing you to do experiences and live a full life, then what's the point? Well, and, like, my, you know, my parents are at the point where, like, they're, you know, we joke about how when they die, I'm going to get all their stuff anyway because I don't have any siblings. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's just, like, a kind of semi-lighthearted joke. But at the same time, I kind of want them to spend it. Like... Yeah, for sure. You know, like, whatever, like, whatever there is, there is. But, like, don't hold on to it. Just for me. Just for, That's ridiculous. Yeah. I do fine. Yeah. Which is why, like, when my dad got this opportunity to go to Norway, he's like, well, I'm going to be gone for three years. Like, we might not see each other all the time. 
I was like, yeah, but you're going to be in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, think about that. You can go travel to your homeland of Austria and actually see it. Like, yeah. go. Yeah, no kidding. And you're just going to be there. And just be, yeah. So, yeah, you're, maybe you're right about money. Like, that reframing of, of things. But, yeah, I think if I would have gotten a job while I was in Ireland, just had a little bit of spending money, mm-hmm. it would have just made things a little bit easier mm-hmm. when I came back. But, uh, whatever. And Larissa's last question... The Razzies were released this week. If you haven't seen them, then good. What are you, what are your noms for worst pick, worst actor, and worst actress? I've admittedly not seen a whole ton of movies this year. Suicide Squad was in 2016, right? Correct. So I can't nominate that no. again. No. Because it was so bad. Okay, so my... Oh, yeah, that was in 2016, too. I'm going to say, unfortunately, worst actor goes to the snowman in the snowman. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Harsh, but fair. Worst actress is... Oh, God. What was it? I've seen a lot of bad movies with Davis this year. Shit. Honestly, I think it was the woman in Phantom Thread. Really? I really didn't like her. Interesting. But this is when it gets confusing, because I didn't like her as a person. Which doesn't necessarily mean that her acting was bad. Right, Okay. No, I'm going to give it to um, the supporting actress in The Circle, the Scottish girl who's in Jumanji. Okay. Ah, oh. oh, fuck, what's her name? I don't know. She's also Amy Pond on Doctor Who. She was real bad in that Karen, movie. Is it Karen Gillian? Is that her? Karen Gillian, she, yeah. She's in um, Avengers, right? Or Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. Which she'll end up being. Yeah. Gotcha. And then worst film, I'm gonna say the snowman. Yeah. Yeah, is to the point where I just like think about it and laugh. That's how bad it was. Okay, um, I watched unfortunately, um, the. The most recent parts of the Caribbean. <gasps> oh, it was, it was bad. so bad. I like, watched it over Christmas. It was real bad. Like, real bad. It was so bad. And I feel bad because... I feel bad that I watched it. Like, I wasted all of my time watching yeah, that. Yeah, all of the actors in it were so bad. Um, And I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming Transformers was awful, too. Mm-hmm. There's no way it was good. Um, anyway. Um, I think... Who was it that, that was the... It was a real step down for him to play the ghost pirate. I want to say Benicio Del Toro. No, um... But it's not him. Javier Bardem. Javier, Javier, what are you doing, man? Yeah. He was nominated twice for the Razzies this year. Once for Mother and once for Pirates of the oh. Caribbean. What I appreciate... Which is so crazy, because, like, ten years ago, he won Best Actor for No, no Country. Country for so I really didn't like that movie. Have you read the book? No. The book's better. I have this thing. The narrative style of Cormac McCarthy translates, well, does not translate road. well onto screen, I don't know. And like. I've read The Road and really like that movie, or the book, and then the movie was not good. So yeah. I get that. What I think that I don't like is Coen Brothers movies. Because the only one that I've liked is Fargo. Have you seen Burn After Reading? Yes. I fucking love it. 
The sex chair was a bit much. Oh, no, that's the thing. So I was at my mom and dad's house, and it was on. And my dad and I were watching it, and I forgot about the sex chair. And then it happened. My dad just about died laughing, like, which I thought was... It's an alarming (laughs) visual. It is. Because don't you see it in motion? Yeah. I was like... My dad, like, my dad was crying. He was laughing so hard. It was great. Because what year did that come out? Uh, 2008, I think. Eight or nine. Really? Yeah. But I, oh, I love that movie. Brad Pitt in that movie is just, he's perfect. He is. And of course his name is Chad. Of course his name is Chad. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. And John Malkovich, like, I can't, I haven't seen that movie probably in five years. And I cannot imagine anyone other than John Malkovich in that role. In that role, yeah. He's just. He's very good. He's a great actor. Yeah, it just didn't really, it didn't really resonate for me to see more than once. I feel like in the moment I really liked it. Did you see The Men Who Stare at Goats? Yes. I liked that as well. That was in Coen Brothers, though. Yes, it was. No. Pretty sure it was? Uh Uh-uh. Who was it then? No way it wasn't them. I'm pretty sure it was. I love that movie that the only rock they hit in the fucking desert (laughs) is a rock. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) That is a very funny movie. Very bizarre. But now I'm like, ooh, Kevin Spacey. Do I want to like that movie? It's just hard. That's a book. That's not what I want. That's a movie. There's, there's a... There is a book, yeah. There's a book. Because I remember when you and McGregor... Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the Cobra. I thought it was. Knew it. I was convinced. I remember that movie being marketed, and the only thing I remember about it is when you and McGregor went on Craig Ferguson, and he was like, so tell me about this movie that you're in, because it sounds ridiculous. I miss you, Craig Ferg. You were the best. He really was. Every once in a while when I really need a good laugh, I watch that clip of the time that Jeff Peterson he made him cry. It, yeah. Oh, it's like once a month. <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like that's what keeps me on like an even keel in terms of mental health. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, we have other questions from our Twitter account. What about the one about Logan? Was that... Because <clears throat> she wanted that to be said on the pod. I don't know. What, did you send that to me? Yeah. I think you did. That's when I copied and pasted. Did you send it to me in a text message? I think so. You ask a question, I'll find it. Okay. Um, okay, we have... Okay, so that was an Amanda... That was Amanda's question, P.S., about, um... Uh... The the other... The events other than women's hockey. Oh, okay. I thought that was the rest Okay. Um... If you could make your... Oh, this is a good one. If you could make your favorite feeling slash emotion into a perfume, what would it smell like? Oh, God. I don't know about the favorite feeling or emotion, but I know I bought a candle when I was in, um, uh, when I was in Nova Scotia, and the the name of it is Sea Smoke, and it smells kind of like salt water and, like... Like fog? Kind of, and Mm. it's great. It just smells like being on the ocean, and that's it right there. My favorite emotion? Or feeling, yeah. Like, how would you, how would you bottle it? I have no idea. This is more than... My brain is not very abstract. (laughs) This is more than my processing capabilities can handle. I feel like whatever it is, because the scents that I really like are lemons and oranges. Okay. So it, it would have to be like a very pungent citrus. 
probably like the favorite feeling or emotion is a laugh hard enough to make you snort. Okay. And that would be a very strong lemon scent. Because it like jars you. Okay. You know what I mean? I like that. I That's like kind of what I'm That's thinking. good. Um, I got else? the question from Larissa. Okay. It says at the end of the Logan, the Logan, Logan, when he's dying and says, <laughs> spoilers for Logan, and <laughs> says, so this is what this feels like. She said, do you think he means death or happiness? Oh, yeah. oh right. Yeah, we did talk about this. I think the t- the talking that we did was you saying your answer yeah. and then me ignoring it. <laughs> I think yeah, okay, I I remember now. I think it means that he like ha- is free mm-hmm. finally. I don't think it's death or happiness. I don't think he's happy about it cuz he's just found an actual meaningful connection purpose that now is ending. Yes. So I don't think it's the hap- I don't think there's happiness in it. No. But I think it's the notion that He's like freed from the burden of. Mm-hmm. God, that movie's so fucking good. It's... I'm like almost crying thinking about I that know, ending. I know that ending is beautiful, and I know some people were pissed that that movie was not nominated because I even just screenplay or cinematography. cinematography was great, but also Patrick Stewart is so good in that mm-hmm. movie, and that death scene, or the burial scene. Mm. I was like, this is what Hugh Jackman deserves. Like, he mm-hmm. deserves roles like this because he's so good. He's very, very good. But I think it means purpose. Like, he finally has a purpose and something to fulfill yeah. that isn't killing people. Yes. Because he's he's an animal. He's a machine. He's a killing machine. Well, and the last time when you look at Logan and you look at that arc that he took, the last time that he had, like, emotions about another person. Like, was Gene. Was, yeah. yeah. And then look how that turned out. Yeah. Right, so, and then he spent his focus on someone else. Someone else, mm-hmm. and that was the first time in so long that he had. And I think that, that yeah, he's like free from the burden of. And it's not necessarily because I think he does focus on big picture mm-hmm. other things than himself, but to actually like assist someone in a meaningful way that was selfless. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, Amanda asked a bunch of questions. Um, someone else asked like, what would have to happen in order for it to be okay for someone to sign point of? And I said time machine. But then the follow-up is, who did the best job of earning a second chance? Probably Cassian. I think currently, yeah, probably Zach Cassian. Yeah. Because he's worked really hard. I wish yeah. he would work harder when he was on the ice, but he he's worked hard to get back to a point where he can play and, like, and function and, yeah. yeah. Tutu worked really or, hard. Or, uh, is it Michael Furland? I think in Calgary? I think it's mm-hmm. Furland. Um, who's substance abuse problems and whatever and has come back from that. I think I think guys that do that, mm-hmm. they should um, get a little bit more credit for that. Uh, Amanda also says, thoughts on all of the puppy slash player picks from All-Star Weekend? And this is what just disappointed me so much. Oh my god. The only thing there. The oh only boy. thing that would be better than that would be Responsible Dad Taylor Hall, as we've seen before. I know. Maybe next year. Or, like, that time when he was hanging out with Sam Gagne's kid. And I was I like... Well, I still follow his wife now because of that. Oh, 100%. You never know. <laughs> uh, well, she went... She was a year ahead of my husband in medical school. And the guys in the class were, like, incomprehensible around her. Because it's, like, it's embarrassing. Of course. Like, no one treats her like a human. No, because she's so hot. She's otherworldly beautiful. Yeah. But he was just like, well, she's just a person. My favorite thing about her is, like, she, you know, I mean, she's a hockey player's wife. She's a doctor, which mm-hmm. is great. She's a hockey player's wife. Um, but she, like, and, like, she 
she can like put herself together very, oh. <laughs> very well. But I also appreciate on her Instagram that there are pictures of her like makeup free with yeah. vomit on her shirt because yeah. the baby, you know, spat mm-hmm. up. I, I appreciate that because she is a real person. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of nice. And I'm glad they came back to Canada so that she could practice because I yeah. know that it's to practice in the U.S. you have to take this exam and a lot of people do it in their fourth year with their Canadian licensing exams, but it costs like fucking three thousand oh, dollars really? to do and if you don't pass you have to like wait a certain amount of time oh, like, and it's just so much easier to practice in canada yeah so i'm hoping that i know she just has two young kids but i'm hoping that she's also to mm-hmm. can continue her career because mm-hmm. yeah. obviously she went to medical school and like, she worked hard for it yeah and even when it was very clear that like she was gonna marry an nhl player she wasn't like okay i'm gonna quit school now like no, she, she finished, finished it. and she did a residency and and when she yeah when he went to arizona they like lived apart for quite some time, time so, she could work. so she could finish yeah, yeah. um amanda has one other question actually just two other questions because she's a crazy person um <laughs> we'll put this picture on our post probably thoughts on the pirate get-ups from the all-star competition because eric carlson and the headman showed up looking like pirates and i was like yep okay loved it deal personality we need it yeah that's the one thing that the nhl doesn't have when it comes to stuff like this mm-hmm. like if they had done that in all like for the skills competition in their pirate garb oh my god Amazing. Amazing. And Eric Carlson with his hair, just the best. He he actually is a pirate. He kind of is. Um, and her last question. <laughs> wait, wait. Before we go on, I love the quote that Carlson gave about how he psyched he was to be a pirate because his wife makes him dress up as a woman every year for Halloween. It's true. I looked at his Instagram. <laughs> it's so true. He's it's always so dressed funny. like a woman. I don't know if she makes him do it, but someone does. It's so funny. Um, last question. The FMK of the week. Brian Boyle, Eric Carlson, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> this made me laugh when I saw it last night. I was like, oh, oh man. man. It's a tough one. Because they're all, like, pretty equal. Uh-huh. Usually in, like, the FMKs, there's usually, like, a standout positive or a standout negative. Yeah, or they're, or sometimes they're equally bad, like the, like, the, the yes. commissioner's one. <laughs> oh, my God. Was that from my husband? Uh, yeah, I think so. Ugh, um, he hates us. So, Brian Boyle, Eric Carlson, and Sidney Crosby. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, is it rude to kill Brian Boyle because he's got cancer? And I feel like that's kind of I funny. feel like this is dicey territory. And I feel like, <laughs> to be politically correct, you're going to have to marry Brian Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the safest option. Uh, why is that? I do not want this to be the thing we get in trouble for. <laughs> Out of everything that's been said, this is my concern. <laughs> Oh, if she just like taken I don't know Eric Carlson out of that and thrown Jamie Benn in there, it would have been so easy. Oh, it would have been so easy. You just kill Jamie Benn. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Which is why I think you have to kill Eric Carlson. <laughs> and then you fuck Sidney Crosby? I think that's what it has to be. Okay. I mean, okay. Are you on board for that? Yeah, I'd be on board for that. But I like, don't know what else. But, uh, Amanda! You see the quandary that we're in. It is a moral quandary. It is a moral quandary because they're all like good dudes. Yeah. You know, it's not like she threw in Patrick Kane to make it real easy. (laughs) This might be the hardest one we've ever had to do. I do have a tear in my right eye. You do. (laughs) (laughs) I do think we're overthinking it probably a lot, but like also, yeah, that's that's a lot. 
Do you think there's any scenario in which you don't kill Carlson? <sighs> this no. one's personally tough for you because Sydney is a fave. I love Sydney Crosby. Well, I'm, but see now, part of now, part of my thinking has been colored by like the does Sydney Crosby like game. Oh right. Just, like and so I don't know. And two, I have to say this. I don't know if you've like listened or whatever, but Wyshynski's like Sydney Crosby voice. Is it's not funny. quite Sid's voice, but it's definitely the tone mm-hmm. and the cadence, and it is incredible. Um. Every time it's I a bit too high pitched yeah, to be Sydney's but it, voice. But it, he's got the, the cadence right, and yeah. it's just... It's, it's like this kind of like bouncy but monotone. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so, the, yeah, they're, 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 the Sidney Crosby-like stuff is sort of coloring my... Because he's pro- white bread like Connor. Yeah, so like, I mean, uh, you know? <sighs> See, and what's coloring me is that fucking fan fiction that I read. <laughs> That's just, that's just never, Holy shit. I'm never going to look at him the same oh, way again. Holy shit. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I had shared like a screenshot of the summary with like Jess and a couple other people and, and I sent it to you and yeah. you like sent me the link and so I did and I can't believe you read it. Um, no one else read it except for me. As far as I know. Because Jess was listening... In my will, Jess listens, it's going to say, Megan has to read this. Jess was listening to that episode of the podcast, and she texted me, like, all caps, yelling, Did Kelsey read that thing you said? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Oh, Jess. She's like, I am dying. Send me a message, and I'll give you the fucking lowdown. <laughs> it's not Oh, good. man. And the worst thing about that, and I did say that on the podcast, is I was picturing a different player <laughs> as the person that Sydney was with and that Who was, are you picturing? I was picturing Ovechkin. It's okay. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute. That makes it worse. I somehow. went to the head and I was like, wait a minute. I'm dumb. I'm really dumb. <laughs> a for reading this and B for not even picturing the right player that <laughs> this is real about. people. How do you get that wrong? I don't know. Um yeah, no, I think I'm still I think I still have to go with the Killing yeah. Carlson? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because you can't, well, you can't kill Brian Boyle. You can't. Not at this point. No. That's too... And I don't think it's fair necessarily to kill Sid. Like, I don't think there's necessarily a reason to kill Sid. But is there a reason to kill Eric Carlson? I mean, it would free him from playing in Ottawa. So, like, there's that. Mm. He would welcome it. But I... Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think that's... It's just the safest... It's... All of this is a lose-lose. Pretty much. Because a good man is gonna die. Either way. Either, a good a man, good man is, is gonna, gonna die. die. Yeah. Like, it's not like the lose-lose that was the GM's because you yourself are gonna lose- suffer. <laughs> yes, no. The world is gonna lose. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Um, that's all we have. Okay. This is a lot. That was abrupt. Well, I, I mean, we could keep talking, but I don't really see the point. Um, you can find us uh, all over the place, iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and Google, Google Play. Play. We have an email address you can send us things at. You can also email us money to that email address. Yes. Garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we are trying to... Get a better mic set up. Get a better mic set up. That would be good. Um, 
I mean, whatever. <laughs> we'll probably end up buying one anyway. But if we, uh, mm-hmm. but it would be nice if we could not have to pay all the money for that. Um, if you like what we do, that'd be great. And also, like, buy some more stickers and stuff. We should probably do that stickers today. And thing today while you're yeah. here. Okay. Um, and then, so you can email us money at garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, garbagefirepodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. You're a hero you and find a champion. Me on Twitter at Meg14. I run the Instagram at GarbageFirePod. <laughs> You're so full of shit. Oh, my God. She also runs the Twitter. Uh, except if it's, like, me asking for people for questions. To, for questions. This is literally the only thing I And I've been about. very bad, because my life has been hell lately, for doing the New Jersey Devils watch and Yeah, we missed one statement. game. I was really annoyed. Oh, no, did we? Yeah, and I think it was a game that he got, like, two points or something in, and we just, like, missed it all together. We missed yeah. it. Oh, life has been hell. Oh, well, that's fine. It's all good. We're um, consistently inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. We aim real low here, so don't worry about it. Um, but the New Jersey Devils are in a playoff spot, so there's that. Yes. And uh, the Oilers are not. Shrug. Shrug, you guys? Shrug. Um, that is all we have for today, so thanks so much for listening. And see you in the dumpster. Thank you.